thanks. E order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. IMSA Racing is next from MRN Radio. The Sunbank 24 at Daytona. America's premier twice-around-the-clock endurance race at Daytona International Speedway. Porsche, Jaguar, Nissan, Mazda, the world's top auto manufacturers and most renowned endurance drivers, including England's Derek Bell, who knows that 24 hours at Daytona has its own unique problems. Traffic is, is probably the main problem at Daytona because you have to assess, can you get to that corner? flat out before you you know reach the other car or you're going to back off early therefore lose time but the thing you have to remember of course is that it's better just to back off and lose a couple of seconds in the corner because you can make it up over the next 10 laps it's not a grand prix that less than ideal traffic situation gets even more difficult when nighttime settles over central florida and the speeds of better than 200 miles an hour are attained in the dark of night how does a world endurance champion like derek bell handle night racing quite honestly don't know uh, it's just a matter of almost saying you come out of one corner, you go one, two, three, hit the brakes and then turn in and hope you get the apex. It's almost as, as vague as that sometimes. From across the country and around the world, the racing fraternity has come to Florida. And you're invited to stay tuned as MRN Radio guides you through America's most prestigious endurance race, the Sunbank 24 from Daytona International Speedway, coming up next. M. R.N. Radio presents the IMSA Camel GT Series. Today, the Sun Bank 24 at Daytona. This MRN Radio special is sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. From hot sport coupes to sports sedan, Pontiac is driving excitement with your name on it. Pontiac, we build excitement. And by Speed Weeks 1990 at the Daytona International Speedway. Call 904-253-6711 for ticket information. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway, as IMSA, the International Motorsports Association, begins its third decade of racing with the start of their twice-around-the-clock endurance race, the Sunbank 24. I'm Eli Gold. Joining me in the broadcast booth all weekend long is the man who is the voice of IMSA racing at all of the stops on the GT circuit, Bill Bowser. And, Bill, this race always prestigious, always a major headline grab. But now with bonus points on the line here, it's made this event even more significant to kick off a season. You're right, Eli. It's awful good to be here at Daytona International Speedway, where we kick off the season for International Motorsports Association Racing and Camel GT Racing Worldwide. The 10-point difference here is going to set the team that wins. It finishes at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. A little bit of an edge as they go to Miami, and then on to Sebring, and then Road Atlanta, and then Topeka, Kansas. And as they go down the line, that 10 points could well make the difference. 
difference when we come to the end. As per usual, it is a battle of the manufacturers. Jaguar trying to further assert itself as a major power. Porsche has won 17 of the 27 Sunbank races to date. And Jeff Brabham at the wheel of the Nissan, all he has done is win 19 of the 29 races in which he has started. It's a car that's been consistent, but has yet to prove it can go the full 24 hours. We'll bring you the color and excitement of the Sunbank 24 from Daytona as we continue. Temperatures in the mid-80s, sunshiny skies as we close in on the start of this prestigious twice-around-the-clock endurance race. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We welcome you back to Daytona International Speedway, the start of the Sunbank 24, the 24-hour race here at Daytona, just moments away. The gentleman who will be patrolling pit road for us this afternoon, amongst all of this fine-looking machinery and world-class driving talent, Jim Phillips of WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee, is alongside a man who, as we told you moments ago, has won 19 of the 29 races in which he has started. Jeff Brabham, you've been the most successful IMSA racer in the last two years. You've won 19 of 29 starts, but this race has eluded you. Well, give us a chance. This is only our second effort, but uh, yeah, this would be a really nice win for us. Um, I think it would really cap off our last two years, and I know Nissan and myself and all the drivers and crew would really like to go out and try and win this race um, today and tomorrow, but uh, it's a long race. Anything can happen, so we'll just have to wait and see. How about the heat? It's been very hot here at Daytona this weekend. Well, that's generally a, a factor with the drivers, I think, more than the cars. But uh, I know from other people who've driven other cars and who've driven our car, they all comment that uh, they think ours is the coolest one to drive. So uh, generally, the heat does not worry the Nissan at all. Derek Daly will start your car today. Uh, that's right. Derek Daly is going to uh, drive the 84 car. Uh, Bob Earl's starting the 83 car. Uh, as we stand right now, the 84 car is the one that's going to go the whole way. But if there's any problems with it in the first hour, then we still have the 83 out there, uh, and that's going to continue on. But if everything's going to plan, the 83 car will probably stop after about an hour and a half. That's Jeff Brabham. He's looking for this win today. He, he thinks this team can do it today. He starts from the outside of the front row alongside the pole-sitting Porsche 962C. The driver is Bob Wallach, and he's joined by Bill Hennessy of WKZQ Radio in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Eli comes all the way from Strasbourg, France, to try to avenge this racetrack where he's never won. He's won at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. He's been successful at Sebring. Can you win this weekend in this Porsche 962, Bob? I'm sorry. There's somebody speaking in the radio. I, can't, I didn't hear your question. Can you win this weekend in this car, this Porsche 962? Well, I think so. It's a strong, reliable, fast car with a good team, well-prepared, and a good co-driver. What are the thoughts that are on your mind right now? It's awful hot here this afternoon. Well, so it's uh, don't be crazy. Don't, be, don't do stupid things early on in the traffic and wait for the race to settle down. Are you going to lead as many laps as you can? Well, it depends on the opposition. If they want to go faster than I, I decided to go, I'm going to let them go. There's a thinking man strategy for you from Bob Wallach, the man who's sitting on the pole in this Porsche 962. And Bill Bowser, you do have to think here at Daytona because as Derek Bell told us moments ago, this is a race 
really with four different races going on, and between the GTPs, the prototypes, and on down to the GTUs, the touring cars with engines of three liters or less in displacement, there is a vast disparity of speed on that racetrack, and you have to think for every inch of this 3.56-mile road course. A thinking man's game, and it's only one of three times during the year, Eli Gold, that we get together this way. Here, Road American, of course, Sebring coming down the road. When we talk about the four divisions here, we'll be hearing us refer to the GTP. GT standing for Grand Touring, and the P standing for Prototype, those cars that are basically hand-built specifically for racing competition. There is the Big Mama version, the GTP, and then the GT Lights, the Camel Light division, which looks very much like it's uh, Big Brothers, Bill, but it doesn't quite have the horses. No turbochargers, that's about it. They're a little bit lighter in uh, manufacture and weight, and uh, they're not quite Drivers, as fast as GP car. Start your engine. And you have heard the signal being given to the drivers and teams to start their engines. The GTPs, the Camel Lights, the GTOs for the Grand Touring Sedans for cars exceeding three liters in engine displacement, and the GTUs all set to go. The 24 hours here at Daytona, just around the corner. The 12th annual Bush Clan. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Welcome back to Daytona International Speedway. 61 machines scheduled to begin rolling off the line. There are 59 on the starting grid at last quick count as the field now begins to make its way towards the infield road course. Those of you who have seen only oval track racing here at Daytona, you're familiar with a two and a half mile layout, but here for the IMSA event and the Sunbank 24, the infield road course is used as well, and that makes the total distance of each lap 3.56 miles. As the cars head towards turn number one and then enter the infield road course, they'll come into the view of Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia. He's positioned just outside the Pedro Rodriguez horseshoe curve. Thank you, Eli. It's a beautiful afternoon here today at Daytona Beach, Florida. Good to be back here for the beginning of the IMSA circuit this year. This infield road course consists of six turns, four of which are in the area that I'll be covering this afternoon. Off the super speedway structure, they make a hard left turn, a hairpin turn before they come onto a short chute. Along that chute, is the exit of pit road. That's where the cars that are making their pit stops or driver changes will be joining the rest of the field. Then a short shoot run of about 100 yards before they come to the hairpin. Perfectly flat, they'll go down to about 55 miles per hour before they get on the infield straightaway, get up to speeds of about 100 miles per hour before exiting with another hard left-hand turn. That sweeper turn will eventually lead the cars through yet another short shoot towards the high banking on the west end of the speedway, where positioned is Alan Bestwick of Daytona Beach, Florida. Thank you, Eli. The cars will come through what we call the west horseshoe in the infield, one of the slowest portions on the course. Accelerate back up to over 100 miles an hour, fourth gear, downshift again to second gear, make a 180 degree hairpin turn out of the infield and back up onto the super speedway portion of the Daytona road course where they follow the Pontiac safety car now. 31 degrees tall, that banking stands, and to cover the action in that end of the speedway, the west banking from Davenport, Iowa, Rick Benjamin. 
Thank you, Eli. And hello again, everybody. Great to be here for the Sunbank 24 to begin the 1990 racing season with him. So the prototype cars at the head of the pack moving up onto the banking now. We'll be following all the cars as they move up onto that steep, steep 31-degree hill and work through the West End banking here and onto the backstretch. This will be a flat-out portion of the course. Everybody will be in high gear, and there will be lots of action, lots of jockeying for position as they start down the back straightaway. That ribbon of asphalt that parallels the runways at Daytona Beach Airport just beside the speedway has a bit of a kink at its end. The chicane that, again, gives the drivers a handful as they head towards the east end of the speedway. Positioned there is Fred Armstrong of Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. The drivers will come off of the east, or the west banking, I should say, and down about 2,000 feet back straightaway. Then they're going to have to go from almost 200 miles an hour down to about 135 miles an hour to the chicane. A quick succession of left and right hand turns, and that's going to take them way down in the gearbox to about third gear. They'll decelerate to about 135 miles an hour as they come through the chicane, and then it's back out onto the straightaway as they head on to turn three. The east banking of the super speedway, again 31 degrees tall. Positioned there is Ralph Shaheen of Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you, Eli, and good afternoon to everybody. That's right, we are on the outside of what would be turn number four of the Super Speedway. As they come out of the chicane, they'll be in third gear. Racing up through the gears, they'll reach high gear, fifth gear. And as they come by me, they'll be reaching speeds of 170 miles an hour, and they'll be exiting through turn four and on their way down the main straightaway, reaching a speed of over 200 miles an hour and back into your view. And once they have finished that, believe you me, Eli Gold, that's only one turn around, and there's many of those to go before 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. As we get set for the start, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. You're tuned to live coverage of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the premier twice-around-the-clock endurance race for the IMSA Camel GT circuit. The bright fire engine red Pontiac safety car leads the field off the east banking that lies closest to the Atlantic Ocean side of the speedway. The lights are off atop the safety car. On top of the flag stand is IMSA's official starter, Jim Sidley, joined by this weekend's honorary starter, William Evans, the president and chief executive officer of Sunbank of Ocala, Florida. It is the Porsche and the Nissan pacing them to the stripe. The green flag flies, and the Sunbank 24 begins at 3.32 Eastern time, and the race is on to the infield portion of the course. The Porsche 962 with Bob Wallach at the wheel makes the quick move past Derek Daly and the Nissan. Derek Daly falls back by two car lengths behind Bob Wallach as they head for the hairpin here at the end of the infield turn. Now they'll come onto the straightaway. Behind him will be the Bob Earl car, then Frank Jelinski. They all go single file, except for the Nissans. Daly tries to pull up alongside Bob Earl, but again, they'll go back into single file. As they approach the west end of the infield course first time, Wallach has opened up about 10 car lengths over the two Nissans, running second and third at the moment, hard on the brakes. Everyone running single file now around the right-hand 180-degree turn and accelerating back up through the gearbox. Again, the Porsche of Wallach is your leader, running in second place. The two Nissans, Derek Daly, then Bob Earl, they come around, hook out of the infield and up onto the super speedway for the first time. So far, it's Bob Wallach aboard the Haviland Porsche setting the pace. He's opened up about 15 car lengths over the two Nissans who are second and third. The Porsche of Frank Jelinski moving into fourth spot as they work through the banking. Your leader continues to be the Porsche automobile driven by Bob Wallach. Up to 200 miles an hour for the first time. It's going to be Wallach continuing to pull away. Now another Porsche comes to the inside as Nissan and Porsche go side by side. Everybody's going to go single file now as they all string out about four or five car lengths apart. But it's going to be Wallach that will take them down onto the west side banking. 
Back up onto the super speedway banking comes Bob Wallach in a big lead before we get back to the first of the Nissans as they come screaming by us here, reaching speeds of 200 miles an hour as they make their way back to the front straightaway. And coming down right now as part of that start-finish stripe is the black automobile with the gold lettering. Now the Nissan being chased by the number zero car of John Lurie Ricci, Henri Pascarolo, Frank Helensky in the Yost Racing Porsche 962C, the water-cooled machine. And bottom for the third position now makes the hard left turn on the infield horseshoe. Linsky trying to catch the Nissan right up there with him. Meanwhile, up front, the race leader, Bob Wallach, makes a pass around a slower car. Holds the spot now as they come off the corner. Back to the battle of the Jaguar, the Nissan. That settles down. The Nissan has grabbed the spot. And Wallach did a good bit of driving to get around that one car that Joe Moore talked about. The Porsche 962 of Bill Adam out of Coral Gables, Florida, came onto pit road just as the race took the green, stayed there for a lap and a half, and has now been negotiated past by the race leaders who now head towards that left-hander that sets them up for the West Banking. The Adam Carr also overtaken by the second and third place battle we were talking about a moment ago. Right now, Derek Daly holding down second. Frank Jelinski in third. That's Nissan. Then Porsche, the second Nissan running currently in fourth. Then the BF Goodrich Porsche running in fifth. And Wallach continues to lead. He is just running his pace, but he's way out in front right now over the Nissan automobile. Here comes Jelinski in the Yost racing car. He is third and about to put a move on Derek Daly. Bob Earl follows in fourth spot. They're all strung out about 20 car lengths apart now. Into the chicane goes Wallach. He'll take it out to the outside. Porsche will pass Nissan now. It's going to be Porsche and Nissan as the Nissan begins to come right up behind. They'll be about two car lengths apart as they exit the chicane and up onto the east banking. The Porsche 962 of Bob Wallach coming at us once again as he races up into fifth gear. Porsche is running one and two, then a pair of Nissans as they make their way back onto the front straightaway. Now we're seeing a number of different things unfold here right off the bat. First off, one of the top contenders in the light category is already on pit road, the Essex Racing Buick Spice. That is a Spice chassis with Buick power. It qualified very well. Matter of fact, started this afternoon up in 23rd spot and was expected to be a contender, but an early pit stop. We'll get an update from there. We should also establish, Bill Bowser, the fact that for the first time this year, we are seeing Porsche show with two different versions of their 962. One of those cars, an air-cooled 962, is on pit road right now. The John Hotchkiss James Adams and John Hotchkiss Jr. machine is on pit road for an obviously unscheduled stop. But for the first time, there is a 962C, which is a whole new technology. Yeah, the heads are water-cooled, uh, Eli, and uh, it's a new technology in that they ran a few in the late races last year, and they seem to be quite a bit faster than the old 962, the air-cooled model. In the lead now for the Camel Lights is the number 97 automobile. And uh, to find out uh, who's running in the 97 machine. That's Tommy Morrison's car, the Pontiac-powered Spice chassis. And in the O's, or GTO category, over three leaders, car number one, Pete Halsmer, Elliot Forge Robinson, John Morton, and Jim Downing, in the new Mazda 4-rotored RX-7. In the GTU division, Bob Weitzinger, the 1989 Camel, or the GTU champion, has that 95 Nissan 300ZX, the blue and white car, up in the front. Elliot Forbes Robinson has taken that Mazda and kept it right there at the head of the class. Why has Mazda dominated GTO racing of late? We asked Elliot Forbes Robinson. You know, Mazda, is, uh, especially in endurance racing, is so good because the fact that their uh, their engines, for some reason, these uh, rotaries are the most reliable things there are. And we ran uh, here last year in this four rotor we're running here in a GTP car, and then I ran Le Mans with it. And after Le Mans, they took one of the cars and went and ran another race after a 24-hour race without taking the engine out of the car. 
And that's that's incredible. I mean, it's it's thousands of racing miles without pulling the engine out of the car. But uh, <clears throat> with their their speed and the reliability, they just won lots and lots of races. And it's it's really an incredible engine to drive. And, and somebody who drives uh, race cars a lot will know that when you accelerate in a car, whether it's a turbo or a, uh, a Winston Cup car, you get to a point where the camshaft takes over and you get a lot of horsepower boost. And with the rotary, it never does that. You can start out at 4,000 RPM and drive it all the way to 8,500 RPM, and it's like uh, driving an electric motor. It just kind of increases in horsepower as you go up, and there's never a burst of power at any time with this engine. And maybe that's easy on everything or whatever, but it's, uh, it makes a heck of a nice race car. And conversely, when you slow down, there is no turbo lag either, so that car really works well. On pit lane, that Buick Spice, one of the top contenders in Camel Lights, they have taken the rear bonnet off the machine and now replaced it. Let's get an update. The machine right now being piloted by Ferdinand de Lesseps of Paris, France. The throttle is sticking. They've tried to get the throttle adjusted to where it won't stick, and now he's back on the speedway. But his throttle is sticking. They might have to bring him back in. They don't know yet. But again, remember, as we work our way through the first handful of minutes of this 24-hour race, a stay on pit road of two or three minutes is by no means something that can put you asunder for the rest of the day. You've got all night and all day tomorrow to make sure you can get, uh, have plenty of time to get back up to the head of your division and the head of the Sunbank 24. We are working our way through the fourth lap of this event, the Porsche over a Nissan. Then yet another Nissan running in third spot. Fourth place belongs to the BFG-sponsored entry, car number 67. That's another Nissan. And then Jaguar, the first representative of the Big Cats, running back in seventh position right now as we are early in the Sunbank 24. If you could hang an aero package on a lightning bolt, you'd have the legendary Trans Am GTA. GTA moves with a tuned port fuel-injected 5.7-liter V8. Its race-proven suspension and power four-wheel disc brakes answer the challenge of almost any road. And its body is the profile of choice for specially modified racers from Pomona to the Bonneville Salt Flats. Trans Am GTA, a 235-horsepower reason to say, Pontiac, we build excitement. What does Tom Watson do when he's not playing golf? He reads Golf Digest magazine, and so can you when you call 800-228-8828 and order Golf Digest. Golf Digest covers all angles of the game, from shots, strategies, and equipment to tips from the pros. Get a year of Golf Digest magazine for just $16.77. Plus, you'll get 10 instant golf lessons, a half-hour instructional video free with your paid subscription. That's 800-228-8828. Call now. NASCAR Today with Alan Bestwick keeps you up to date with NASCAR news every day, Monday through Friday on MRN Radio. As we welcome you back to the Sunbank 24 here at Daytona, the Porsche 962C, currently piloted by Frank Jaliski, has just overtaken the pole sitter Bob Wallach in his Porsche 962. So it's two Porsches at the head of the field as they work themselves back towards the infield road course. In the GTO, it is a Mazda RX-7 currently at the top of the field. The GTU division led by a Nissan 240XS. And in the Camel Lights, it is a Pontiac-powered Spice showing the way. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio.
Welcome back to Daytona International Speedway in the early stages of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. It is still Porsche ahead of Porsche and then Nissan here at the start finish line. But the numbers have changed just a bit, Phil Bowser. Just a little bit. The 962 C's and they're both 962 C's. The Frank Alensky automobile, Pascarola, John Louis Ricci. That's Nina Ricci's husband, of course. And then, of course, the Bob Wallach driven automobile in the Texaco Haviland Porsche 962 C. They're running on to some slower traffic down to the infield portion of the course. And the strong and strength of the Porsche right now dominating early on. The Nissan setting back a little bit. The qualifying between the front row Nissan and the front row Porsche 962 C. Very, very close within a mile an hour of each other. And I think that's what we're going to see the entire 24 hours. It's going to be a battle between Nissan and Porsche all the way through. Back on pit lane yet again, the top or one of the top contenders in uh, GT lights. The Cats, uh, Delespin, Cochran, Buick, Spice had been on the pit lane earlier with the sticking throttle linkage and that problem evidently continuing as they are back in for service. Meanwhile, the lead machines head up the banking and now exit towards the back straightaway of the big track, the two and a half mile track of this three and a half at Daytona International Speedway. Frank Yelinski moving on to the back straightaway. He has opened up good lead now over Bob Wallach and the two Porsche 962 sees they in turn are a good five or six seconds ahead of the two Porsches or rather the two Nissans Derek Daly sitting in third meanwhile one of the Porsche 962s has pulled off the course and actually is straddling part of the Armco retaining wall one of the top cars the Rob Dyson James Weaver Scott Pruitt entry Eli it's Rob Dyson's return from a short stint in a try at Indy kart racing back into the IMSA Camel GT ranks Rob Dyson James Weaver Scott Pruitt Vern Schupan and it's not a good place to be because the tractor to the back wheels is off the ground. And Joel Moore, that's one thing we see there at the Pedro Rodriguez curve, the international horseshoe, if you will. It's very, very easy to get that car to bind up and spin around on you, as happened there to the uh, Porsche. Eli, they're running about 110 miles an hour here on this short shoot before they get to the horseshoe, where they have to slow down to about 50 to 55 miles per hour. If you're not set up just right going into the corner, the car can go around on you, and that's what happened to the Porsche. He hit the grass, spun around one time, then backed up over the guardrail there on the inside of the horseshoe and that's where the car sits now there is caution at this portion of the speedway and for those of you not used to road racing or in this instance using the infield road course as part of the overall super speedway layout you can have a caution flag in one particular area of the course as opposed to having an all course caution but that's another element Phil that IMSA has taken a strong look at over the last few years in particular as they now move into their third decade they have been far more free with the full course cautions just due to overall safety concerns in the last year and a half or two. The speeds have ex escalated by 33% over, say, five, six, seven years, Eli. And because of the safety factor, they will put a race and not just a 24-hour event or like this, but perhaps even a two-and-a-half-hour street race. They'll put it several times under the full-course caution if need be. In GTO at the moment, the lead still held by Elliott Forbes Robinson. He has the advantage over the second place running Mercury Cougar XR7. That's fielded by Roush Racing. The Robert Lapalainen, Max Jones, Dorsey Schroeder uh, co-driven machine. Running in third spot is young Robbie Gordon co-driving that Jack Roush machine. 
Gordon has come in off the deserts. Basically, he is an off-road standout. He had all of 40 laps of racing on a paved oval circuit before stepping into uh, the Sunbank 24 here at Daytona. Yeah, those young fellows that come up from other ranks of racing, even from the Barber Saab Open Wheel Series, from our Firestone Firehawk Series of racing in IMSA, they come up and they're all ready to go when they hit the tracks. It's a very nice thing. The leader is Frank Jelinski going through the International Horseshoe, heading to Joe Moore. Working traffic as well here, Eli, as he moves onto the infield stretch. He's getting by some of the slower GTU cars, and now has stretched out his lead over the second-place car of Bob Wallach by about 10 car lengths. Our coverage from the World Center of Racing will continue as the Sunbank 24 rolls on in its early stages. The Sunbank 24 at Daytona is now eight laps complete, but again, this is not an event that goes on lap count, but indeed on the quickest and most distance actually completed in the total of the 24 hours. The race began officially at 3.30 and 23 seconds for the first lap tomorrow afternoon at that same time. The first lap completed after 3.30 and 23 seconds. Whoever's on top at that point will take home the top honors in the Sunbank 24. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. At Daytona International Speedway, the Sunbank 24 is underway and a battle is shaping up for fourth place now as the Jaguar, that's the normally aspirated V12, the 12-cylinder Jaguar, Davy Jones at the wheel, beginning to make a challenge down the back straightaway of the Super Speedway, heading towards the chicane, trying to grab fourth spot. They'll come through the chicane and onto the banking at the east side of the course, and definitely Nissan losing ground to the Jag. As they come through the top end of the banking, definitely some ground being lost in a hurry as they make their way onto the front straightaway full speed. Davy Jones, the man at the wheel of the Jaguar, trying to play catch up by not much, however, as he comes into turn number one now off the 18-degree banking of the Triova. Slower car in front of him has slowed him. He has to break going down. Worst place on the track, really, to pass down in turns one and two. He'll take him out of turn number two and try to put his front side onto the back side of the Nissan. Davy Jones pulls up alongside the slower car now, finally makes the move as he moves into the east horseshoe now, making a five-car separation between himself and the Nissan. Here is Jones exiting the horseshoe, still trying to track down the Nissan, who's now making a hard left turn into the west horseshoe. They clear lap traffic for the moment now, although as the Nissan overtakes a GTU car into the west horseshoe, there'll be another marker separating them. The Jaguar is making up its ground on the infield part of the course because that's where the normally aspirated car is strongest in the tight infield turns. However, as the Nissan now comes back out of the infield and begins to accelerate up onto the banking, he opens that gap up again on the Jaguar. It is the Nissan wheel by Bob Earl opening up about 15 car lengths over the Davy Jones Jaguar as the cars work up onto the West End banking. Some of the uh, Camel Lights cars are dropping down lower to give the Jaguar and the Nissan some running room up high through the two corners that make up the West End banking down to the backstretch. So right at the moment, the Davy Jones car unable to do much with Bob Earl. A couple of slower cars ahead for Bob Earl as he comes up behind some of the GTU cars. Now once again, it's going to be Davy Jones getting caught up in slow traffic, but he'll clear it now as he heads off of the chicane and up onto the east side banking. Bob Earl getting used to driving a turbo-powered car once again as he spent all season last year behind the power of a V8. Getting used to the turbo in a hurry here as the lights are blaze on the Jaguars. He tries to chase him down the front straightaway. 
he's not really catching up as quick as we thought he would, especially when they get onto the banking Eli Gold. The, the Nissan seems to pull out a little bit more space between them. Meanwhile, on pit road, the car that was leading in light category racing is now in for service. The Pontiac Spice of Tommy Morrison with an unscheduled stop, Jim Phillips. As a matter of fact, we have two Pontiac Spice cars on pit road. The first being driven by Ken Knott has a spark plug problem. It's not hitting on all cylinders. The second uh, Pontiac Spice car came in. It's being uh, piloted by John Arisi of Holly, Michigan. He has front end damage. They put a new front end on this car, and he's ready to go back out uh, momentarily. So in light category now, the lead will be inherited by the Scott Schubot Buick Spice with the second place in light category going to the Ferrari-powered Spice, Martino Fanato of Milan, Italy, piloting that machine. And as that Jaguar tries to chase down the Nissan for fourth spot, we talked yesterday with Tom Walkinshaw. He is the team owner for the Jaguar entry here and on the worldwide endurance scene. And I asked him point blank, where does the Jaguar have an edge here on this racetrack? And where might uh, the Porsches and the Nissans have the edge on Jaguar? Well, I think that in qualifying, they'll be quicker than we are because uh, the turbo engine has, uh, has more power and uh, therefore they can qualify better. Uh, I think that the, the best thing the Jaguar's got is flexibility in traffic. You know, normally aspirated engine, you don't have any turbo lag. So uh, it should be able to exploit the traffic better. Uh, they have slightly more power, so they will be able to exploit the, the, the top speed a little bit better. So they should be able to draft past and uh, pass uh, the slower cars a little bit easier on the banking. So we should be better in the infield, they should be better in the banking. Well put by Tom Walkinshaw as he watches the Jaguar wrestle itself there for fourth and fifth position right now. The lead currently held by the Porsche 962C of Frank Jelinski, the Hanover Germany driver. There are 12 cars remaining on the lead lap at this juncture. So that again, not to be disparaging about the others, it just shows again that the variance in speed between those that are turbo power, those that are twin turboed, and those that due to IMSA rules have no turbo uh, boost whatsoever, it brings about a, a handful of driving, and at this moment, 12 cars on the lead lap. Which leaves 50 cars that have been lapped early on in this race, very early on. So as the field continues to sort itself out, the lead now held, as we say, by Jelinski in the Porsche 962. The second place runner is the pole sitting machine. Bob Wallach driving that Texaco Haviland Porsche 962C, another of the water-cooled Porsches. In third position at this juncture is the Nissan GTP ZXT. Derek Daly and Bob Earl are driving the two Nissans, which are running at this moment in third and fourth position. One of the GTP cars, one of the favored GTP cars, has just encountered some trouble with slower traffic coming into the West Horseshoe. The automobile to be driven by a many-time winner of this event, Derek Daly, came into contact with a slower car, spun off the course. Now they've gotten it righted and back on the course. Daly favored to be up the front when the checkers fall tomorrow has had some problems early on. Derek Daly, who is going for his ninth 24-hour win overall, counting both the events here at Daytona and the 24 hours of Le Mans. He knows that he has to pace himself here. That car is owned by Gianpiero Moretti, who is the president of the Momo Steering Wheel and Wheel Corporation. That has been a major force in racing, and Moretti himself, a former winner here at Daytona and at Road Atlanta. He did not win the 24-hour race here, but did win one of the old three-hour events, and they used to compete here at Daytona in late November of each year. One of the top Camel Lights cars, Scott Schubot, the 1989 Camel Light champion in that Buick Spice. 
He's now second in Campbell Lights behind the Ferrari Spice. That Buick is slowing considerably on track. The race leaders as follows. Frank Jelinski leading overall in the Porsche 962. The GTO leader, that's the Mazda RX-7, currently driven by Elliott Forbes Robinson of Lake Norman, North Carolina. In GTU, the car fielded out of State College, Pennsylvania, a city better known for its football team, Penn State, than for auto racing. But Butch and Bob Leitzinger have put their Nissan 240SX at the top of the field where they started in GTO competition. And in Camel Lights, all continues to shuffle around because of the unscheduled pit stops of moments ago. And the Ferrari Spice of Martino Fanato of Milan, Italy, currently leading in Camel Lights. When the green flag comes down, there's one Pontiac that's always ahead of the pack. The new Turbo Grand Prix NASCAR's official pace car. Its 3.1-liter engine is turbocharged, intercooled, and tuned to produce 205 horsepower. The result? It can bring the field down to the green with no more modification than safety lights and a decal. The new Turbo Grand Prix, available in very limited quantities for people who know what it means to be at the front of the pack. From Pontiac, we build excitement. The stars of NASCAR's Winston Cup Series take on the best Bush Grand National drivers and the 32nd annual Goodies 300, February 17th at Daytona International Speedway. See the Winston Cup stars like Earnhardt, Martin, and Allison challenge Ingram, Ellison, Houston in the richest Grand National event of the year. Call 904-253-6711 for ticket information. Saturday, February 17th, the Goodies 300 at Daytona. Here at Daytona International Speedway, under sunny skies with a high cloud cover, you couldn't ask for a better situation right now as a Porsche leads the Sunbank 24. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Back with you at Daytona International Speedway. Live coverage of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the twice-around-the-clock endurance race. I'm Eli Gold alongside Bill Bowser, the voice of IMSA, the International Motorsports Association. We'll be with you along with the rest of our MRN crew throughout the evening and into tomorrow's hours for our live coverage of the Sunbank 24. As we told you at the outset of our broadcast, this event really is four races in one. The prototypes, the lights, the GTO for those cars over three liters with engine displacement, and the GTU for those in three liters under. And uh, notable in GTO this year is the entry of Jim Downing and the Mazda. Downing moving from Camel Lights into GTO, and he'll have to try and defeat some rather serious efforts by Lincoln Mercury and Nissan if he hopes to grab a championship. Eli, it was almost a tearful parting for Jim Downing. He was the father of Camel Lights. He invented the series so that someone could get in a bit cheaper, and it was still a prototype series, highly competitive. He was the champion about the first three or four years. Then Tom Hessert gained the championship and tore it away from him. But after four or five years with the Camelites, Jim now, of course, uh, his allegiance to Mazda as Mazda tries to make its efforts known in GTO, 
GTU and Luke Clutch Challenge racing here in the 1990 season. Well, in typical Jim Downing fashion, his car is at the front of the field in GTO competition. Elliot Forbes Robinson is the driver, and Bill Hennessy is standing by with the car owner. Jim, was it hard for you to climb out of the camel lights and start fielding a GTO car here for competition? Well, it's certainly taking some getting used to. You know, this, this car weighs 2,250 pounds at 610 horsepower. And uh, it's a ground-thumping, fire-breathing uh, car. And, you know, my lights car stuck to the ground a little better and broke a little better. But I'll tell you what, this is a He-Man's car. And, yeah, it's taking me a little getting used to. You got a lot of horsepower. You understand you're running the brand-new four-rotor engine. Right. It's, uh, it's really double the size of the uh, previous engines I've run. And then the horsepower is consequently double. I guess the question on everyone's mind right now is what are the prospects for a win? Your car is leading here in the early going, but it really doesn't count until the checkered flag falls. Well, you got that right. As always, our strong point is the Mazda engine. You know, I don't think it's going to break at all. The problem is uh, will the gearbox hold together? Will the rear end hold together? Will the wire come off someplace? That's what I'm worried about. It's not the engine. It's all the little things that count when you're going 24 hours. And again, it's variety, the key in the GTO ranks this year. You've got the American-made V8 Camaros racing in the same class with the twin-turbo Nissan Z cars, the Ferrari F40s, uh, the turbo Mercury Cougars, Mazda there as well with Jim Downing fielding that machine that currently leads in GTO competition. Looking at the exit of the infield road course where the cars then begin to climb back up the 31-degree banking here at Daytona, that's been a hotbed of activity, Alan Bestwick. Uh, nobody's giving anybody a whole heck of a lot of room. Now, this is where the cars really get under heavy braking and have to slow down. The, the track is fairly narrow at that point as they exit the infield course, and they have a hard 180-degree left-hand turn to make. This is where we've talked a lot about the difference in speed between the prototypes and the GTU cars. It really comes into play when you approach some of these slower corners. Now, all in the last minute or so, we've had one of the Nissans off course, the third-place Nissan, driven right now by Derek Daly, spun around after having uh, some problems with traffic. He got off the course, got back on and on his way without losing a spot. And also, Derek Bell was again off the course for the second time in almost the same place. So it doesn't matter how good the driver is, sometimes traffic can, can uh, really get things out of hand here when you're in this tight infield course. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back with you at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway, live coverage of the Sunbank 24, the 24-hour event here at Daytona. The race lead still in the control of the Porsche 962C, the Yost Racing Entry, with Frank Jelinski of Hanover, Germany, currently the driver. Henri Pescarolo and uh, Jean-Louis Ricci are the uh, co-drivers in that machine, and will all get their stints. Basically, Bill, these drivers go one fuel stop in more instances than not. They'll go for an hour, then change drivers as they come in for pit service. Usually that's the starting strategy. Then as they go on, Eli, maybe into the second 12 hours, they'll go two hours at a time, or vice versa. If there's a few hours remaining, they'll go one, one, and one. They usually like the lead driver of the team to bring it across the finish line, especially if it's the winning car. Noticeably, two Porsches 
two Nissans, two Jaguars in the first six positions. That's where the battle's probably going to be the entire 15 race season. And the lead cars are now on the infield straight, heading towards the Pedro Rodriguez horseshoe curve, and again, to the sight of Joe Moore. Alensky works it through the hairpin now. He's cleared some of the slower race traffic, but Bob Wallach is starting to track him down a bit. He's close to within about 10 car lengths. Here's Wallach making his move off the corner. One of the slower cars spins off the course of the hairpin. Then the third place car of Bob Earl and the other Nissan of Derek Daly make their way into the hairpin. One of the things we're noticing over the last couple of laps, when Jelinski first went past the uh, Haviland Porsche by Bob Wallach, he opened up quite a lead. Wallach seems to have turned things up a little bit as Jelinski encounters some heavy traffic, and Wallach is closing in now as they come off of the infield portion of the course. He's now only about 15 car lengths out of the lead car as they head back to turn one of the super speedway. Wallach climbing the banking. He's trying to find a way to get a little closer to Jelinski and make this a little more entertaining battle here in the early going. Jelinski really on it hard, using a very high line through the West End banking and out of the straightaway. Here comes Wallach in the other Porsche automobile. They have opened up a considerable lead over the two Nissans and the two Jaguars. They haul it off toward the chicane. One of the best battles on the racetrack right now is heading towards Adam Bestwick as the Jaguar has just gotten by the Nissan in their ongoing battle, and they climb up the banking towards the Super Speedway. Moving now, just a car length separating the two, the 60 Jaguar of Bryce Cobb and the second Nissan of Bob Earl as they move off towards turn two in the Super Speedway. Cobb and Earl moving up high on the banking to get around some Camel Lights uh, traffic down below. Cobb flashes the headlights on the Jaguar as they blast down the backstretch and head toward the chicane. Bryce Cobb takes it to the outside of the back straightaway. Now almost close contact with another car and also the Nissan having problems as they squeeze tightly down into the chicane. It's about four car lengths wide as you go down the back straightaway. Coming into the chicane, there's only one line. Now the Nissan begins to make ground as they head to the east side banking. Back up high onto the banking as we watch the Jaguar leading the second Nissan past us here on the top end of the banking. Full song as they scream back onto the front straightaway. Also a Chevrolet Camaro with a scary moment in the banking on the west end of the speedway moments ago. The Rob Siegel race power entry spun going up the banking, made contact with the outside retaining wall, and has now continued away going rather slowly down the back straightaway and through the chicane area, heading evidently towards the pit lane. We have completed 18 laps, or if you will, 32 minutes of the 24 hours here at Daytona. The Sunbank 24 currently in the control of Porsche. I love tennis. I'm crazy about it. I live, eat, and breathe tennis. If I'm not playing tennis, I'm watching. And if I'm not watching tennis, I'm reading Tennis Magazine. Tennis Magazine serves up everything I want to know about tennis, and I want to know everything. Each month, Tennis Magazine gives me articles on instruction, equipment, resorts, fashion, even the truly outstanding personalities of tennis today. Maybe I should be in there. Anyway, if you love tennis, you'll love Tennis Magazine. Subscribe now. Get 12 issues of Tennis Magazine for only $9.97. Just call 800-227-7200. 12 issues of Tennis Magazine, only $9.97. Call now. We'll throw in a free professional instruction booklet to help make you better, faster. Call 800-227-7200. I'll tell you, anyone who loves tennis is going to love Tennis Magazine. Subscribe now. That's 800-227-7200. Sunday, February the 11th, the Bush Clash from Daytona International Speedway. Live coverage begins at 12 p.m. Eastern on MRN Radio. You can enjoy a Daytona Beach vacation and get MRN discounts of up to 35%.
choose from six oceanfront resorts. Call Ocean's Eleven at 1-800-874-7420. A surprisingly large number of visitors to the pit lane here in the early going of the Sunbank 24, and other cars that are on the racetrack continue to spew smoke out from behind them. One of those is the leader in the GTU category, the Bob and Butch Leisinger machine, showing a lot of smoke as it came off the banking of the west end of the speedway and is heading now towards the pit lane. We'll update you on that when we come back. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Daytona International Speedway. The field continues to work its way around this massive 3.56 mile super speedway and infield road course layout. And we understand, Bill Hennessy, that the first of the scheduled pit stops for many of these teams might be coming up well shy of the one hour that we expected them to go. Walking well, the Porsche 962 crew chiefs, a Momo entry, Tom Milner prepares the cars. Gianpiero Moretti, the owner of the team, should be having a scheduled stop within the next four to five laps. And it looks as though the problems on the Leisinger machine, the leader in GTO, currently, or GTU rather, currently uh, severe enough that Jim Phillips is having to head to the garage. Yes, they are. They're carrying a new fuel cell with them, and also they're putting on a new back plate to the car, so quite a bit of damage on the 95 machine. And when they go behind the wall, say years ago, maybe five, six years ago, an hour in the pits or an hour in the garage area uh, wouldn't make any difference because uh, sometimes we had a race finish uh, uh, two hours ahead of time and that the leader had already won the race at that point. That's not been the case over the past several years, Eli, merely because of telemetry, because of the electronics and the automobiles reporting back to the pits what is wrong. And that happens in all the categories of IMSA racing with the GTP, Camel Rides, GTO, and GTU. Many of them have that telemetry to foresee some of these problems. Apparently, the 95 car may not. If they're back there for an hour or more, they may well kiss victory goodbye here in the Sun Bank. Leitzinger's team did have two victories last year en route to posting an IMSA GTU Series Championship by some 26 points over Amos Johnson and the team highball Mazda RX-7. And, of course, Amos now graduating from that, if you will. I don't know if graduating is the right word, but a man who has done all that there is to do in uh, GTU competition, now with the blessings of Mazda and the direction of Mazda, is spending much of his time in the International Sedan Series of IMSA and is only here co-driving in a GTO kind of as a lark here this weekend. Well, these are going to be extra races for Amos Johnson and Dennis Shaw, the team highball. They are going to be with Mazda over in our brand newly sponsored Loop Clutch Challenge Series, which has about 12 races during the year at the various venues at which we stop. And of course, it used to be the old international sedans. It's not called that anymore. The running order at this moment, as we work our way towards roughly 40 minutes of competition in the Sunbank 24, the overall lead still held by Frank Zielinski and the Porsche 962C. Second spot is the Bob Wallach Porsche. He started on the pole and holds down the second running order at the moment. Third place is the Nissan GTP along with fifth spot. So the two Nissans are running in third and fifth position right now. Eli. Sandwiched in between them is the Jaguar with Price Cobb driving the XJR12. Let's go to the garage. We've caught up with Scott Leitzinger. What happened? Bob Leitzinger. Okay, Bob, what happened? Well, uh, was, uh, coming up on the banking behind uh, an O car and a light car, 
and pick the light car to go behind to follow around the what I thought was a slower O car. And for some reason, the light car hit his brakes. So I tapped him in the uh, rear end, and then the tail end came around. But it's just an ex uh, example of some of these light drivers being totally inexperienced, not knowing how to handle the banking. Okay, tell me about the damage you have to the rear end here. Okay, uh, the fuel cell split, so we have to replace the entire rear end assembly. Uh, we do have another one ready to go right on, but it's going to take probably uh, 20, 30 minutes. Okay, that's Bob Latzinger, who's sitting in the pits in the garage area of this Nissan 240, and they've got a lot of work to do. Most of these teams have at least one, if not two, full sets of replacement parts available to them. But that wasn't the case for everybody. One name that we have not, of course, mentioned at all today is the uh, Brune Motorsports Porsche, the Torno entry that uh, Oscar LaRory had tested so very well here at Daytona and then ran in qualifying to what was the quickest lap at that time. Turned out to be the third quickest lap overall. But his weekend, as you know, Bill, ended up uh, with the car on its roof. Oscar's fine, but the car couldn't continue. Eli, during the first laps of the, of the week in testing and qualifying in the afternoon on Thursday, he came out of turn four of the stock car track, off the east banking, getting ready for the tri-oval. Looked like he was going to go down below one of the Camel Lights automobiles, and all of a sudden, the car started to spin, and when it got backwards, it lifted vertically into the air, did vertically maybe 200, 300 feet down the speedway, then rolled over slowly onto its roof, slid another 200, 300 feet into the infield grass. He was uninjured coming out, and of course, that foretells the safety of these IMSA race cars, but the car was well towards for wear and would not race this day. And the Brune Motorsports team had planned to run only that one race the Sunbank 24 here in the United States so consequently they didn't bring many replacement parts with them the car was damaged beyond repair and hence no mention of Oscar LaRory here this weekend Eli it's Bill Hennessy down in the pits and Derek Bell is with us the man has won this race on numerous occasions Derek you're riding with the Momo 962 this weekend your teammate's been having a tough time out there on course he's been off about two times yes I believe um, I don't know why I hope there was a very good excuse for it <laughs> Looking forward to getting in the car? Yeah, I am. It's going to be its better than I thought. It's a lot cooler than it was earlier. And it'll be interesting to get out there and have a go. The car, we had problems with it in early practice, but it's been running very well during late practice. What's your speculation for the race? You've been to victory lane on numerous occasions. Can you do it again? Well, I think any of us can do it again. I'd like to think we could do it, but, you know, we can't afford to spin. Derek Bell, the man with the most experience here at the 24 Hours of Daytona. Our coverage continues as we return to sun-drenched Daytona Beach, Florida in a moment. Another lap is on the board in a 12-second margin at this moment, currently held by the race leader, Frank Jelinski, in his Porsche, over the second place running Bob Wallach in his. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We welcome you back to Daytona International Speedway as we are some 45 minutes into the Sunbank 24. One car coming down the uh, pit lane here, the second place runner in camel lights with uh, heavy smoke billowing from that automobile. That's David Roca's Pontiac Spice painted up in green, white, and red numerals. The crew scampering over that machine trying to find the problem running at that juncture in second spot in lights. Uh, the tire problem seems to be uh, what they are concentrating on right now. Tires ever important as we saw just as you do in 
NASCAR racing Eli Gold, they don't scuff the tires, they warm them up. Cold tires don't stick to the ground as well as the warmed and hot tires. And it's a tire war in our IMSA Camel GT Series, and especially during this where we have all four venues of racing going on. And it's any tire to any match, and they're having problems already in that car, the 55 Fisher. Jaguar shifting from Dunlop to Goodyear's effective this year. And again, team owner Tom Walkinshaw talked about that tire battle in IMSA. Yes, you know, I think that any formula ends up as a, as a battle between either two or three top teams or two or three top manufacturers. And uh, in sports car racing, it's between Porsche, Jaguar, and Nissan. Um, in the World Championship, it's Porsche, Mercedes, and Jaguar. So you, you always end up with three teams, and uh, the different formulas, you obviously have different people. Um, to win is hard, no matter what form of racing you're in, and I'm sure that uh, what I've seen in NASCAR racing, it's very competitive, and the show is very good, and uh, our, our racing, I don't think, is any different. It really isn't any different, and the tire battle here has much to contributing to which manufacturer does well and which one struggles along as this year continues. We should mention we'll be leaving the air on this current report in about 10 or 12 minutes from now at 4.30, but we will have continuing coverage throughout the afternoon into the evening hours and, of course, tomorrow with five-minute reports coming your way every hour on the half hour until 12.30 in the morning, and then our coverage will resume at 6.30 in the morning, again with five-minute reports every hour on the half hour. So our long-form coverage will be with you again until 4.30 this afternoon, and then Alan Bestwick will be along to anchor the first of our hourly reports on the half hour beginning at 5.30 today here at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, Pit stops are continuing as the Kevin Kogan driven Nissan GTP is on pit lane for service. Let's go get an update from Bill Hennessy who is near that pit area. Well, that car just came striking down the pit lane and is going in for service. I don't believe John Paul Jr. will get in this quickly. As a matter of fact, I don't believe there will be a driver change. It's still a little bit early. The only driver who's standing by is Derek Bell and the quarter 30, the Momo pits of Gian Piero Moretti, and he should be coming down the pit lane momentarily. Let's go to Jim Phillips. We just talked to Dan Gurney just a moment ago, and he said he would make his pit stop at about 4.30 for the Toyota team. And of course, Dan Gurney was involved in the first 24 hours here at Daytona on the winning team. Dan Gurney is a man who has made a major mark in the sport and has really gone full bore, Bill, in IMSA competition here in the last number of years. They have gone now to the Toyota Eagle. They had two Toyotas last year, the Eagle and a reconstructed Toyota car. But now it's two Toyota Eagles, only one here. They'll go to two later on in the season. He picks his drivers well, and he's been quite competitive over the years that he's had the Toyota Series. And uh, I think we'll hear a lot from them this year. You know, it's interesting, too, despite all the foreign names and manufacturers that we are talking about, the Made in USA theme, I guess we could call it, is really heard very loudly in IMSA competition. I was talking to the folks from Jaguar and the people from Nissan the other day. Tony Dow of uh, the Jaguar team said that a high percentage of the XJR-12s are built in Valparaiso, Indiana, which uh, I didn't realize. And uh, Jeff Brabham told us uh, a couple of days ago that the new Nissan that's debuting here this weekend is 100% American including Trevor Harris's uh, design. It's made in California. The only thing that isn't is uh, the engine program. So there's far more American-made label here than you might think just by looking at it from the cover. 
Peter Gregg had said early on, and of course he's one of the winningest drivers at Daytona also, along with Derek Bell, and Peter Gregg has said that there'll be about 1 minute 45 would be the average lap once they get underway, and guess what? Our leader's running 1 minute 45.44 around a 3.56 mile circle. The third and fourth place machines are on the pit lane. Let's go to Bill Hennessy. Well, those cars just streaked out here. They'll be taking on fresh tires and taking on fuel before they go back out to enter the fray. Most of these cars, like Bill Bowser said, a minute 45 seconds. You can give up a lap very, very quickly in the pits in this 24-hour race. Derek Daly has brought the Nissan that was running in the third position onto the pit lane. And now there's a fire extinguisher being used in the Jaguar pit area, Bill. There's a fire seems to be from the back end of the car. Possibly a little overflow of fuel has spilled out and on the pit lane, and it appears that they have got it out. And let me correct myself. That was from the Nissan pit, not the Jaguar. The Jaguar was pitting near the head end of the pit lane, and that was in fourth position, and has pulled away after routine service on the machine that Price Cobb was driving. But the Nissan, the GTP ZXT, with Derek Daly at the wheel, was in third place in overall race results at the time of that pit stop. And again, they had to go to the fire extinguisher. Let's get a further update from Bill Hennessy. What happens is they send a man automatically across the wall with a fire extinguisher. The pin is already pulled out of it, and he's ready to activate it at a moment's notice. And the reason they do this is so quickly, fire can spread especially with a fuel fire. The 86 car is in the pits on the far end of the pit lane, and of course that was the man that sat on the pole, Bob Wallace. We can expect a flurry of pit activity here within the next couple of moments here as they're going to bring the Roush cars in in three laps. They are affecting a driver change on that Porsche 962 that had been the uh, pole-sitting machine. Bob Wallach has climbed out. He is sharing the driving tours this weekend with the car owner, Bruce Levin, along with Dominic Dobson and Charles Vandemer. Here's why an interesting note is that Bruce Levin is not at the track and is not expected to show up till sometime tomorrow. Bruce Levin, by the way, Bill and, and Eli, uh, tried his stint in IndyCart racing and then didn't like the attitude over there and has brought his team on back into the International Motorsports Association competition. Real uh, quick pit stop for the number 87. Pit stops are uh, fairly routine at this juncture for most. And unlike many forms of racing, Bill, where you will use a jack to jack the car up here, that's obviously not a manual jack that's being used on these uh, prototypes. Smokey Eunuch was fined and disqualified from an Indianapolis race years ago for the use of hydraulic jacks on his car that set the car up so they could change all four tires. And then years later, it comes that it is a legal method of setting the car up and they can change all four wheels at one time. In other words, they're air jacks now. They have now moved that Nissan that had the problem with the fire extinguisher behind the wall. Bill Hennessy is on the way. He will get an update for us as soon as we come back to Daytona. Pit stops are continuing now as Bob Earl is on the pit lane. Also, Davy Jones bringing the Jaguar in for service. Jack Roush also tending to his entry as we continue in the first hour of the Sunbank 24. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. All right, Bill Hennessy, where are you at this minute? Right here behind Derek Bell, right in front of the Roush pits. All right. The 83 See me in the red in. suit? Yes, I do. I the 83 you. came in, no power. He came coasting in with, with the engine off. They right. shut the 84 off, too. Okay. 
Chip Robinson getting in the eighth three. Daytona International Speedway as we near the conclusion of hour number one of the Sunbank 24-hour event. Driver changes, Chip Robinson having climbed in aboard the Nissan GTP ZXT as pit stops are the name of the game and all at this moment seem to be fairly routine. And the leader, the Zero Porsche 962, the Yost Racing Machine car, Frank Yulensky, the driver of note, Second is number 61, one of those Castrol Jaguar automobiles, the 12-cylinder cars. 83 Nissan running third, running fourth, the 86 Texaco Avalon Star Porsche. This sat on the pole position here earlier this afternoon. Running order obviously shuffling up here and will continue to do so over the next few moments as pit stops remain the name of the game. We've got three wide in the banking heading towards Ralph Shaheen. We're watching them as they come by us here, Eli, and they're all over the place as they make their way back down the front straightaway. You might take a few extra liberties. Maybe you would think not, but they do. Many of these teams have further fortified the bodies on their cars. They want to know that it needs to continue through and make sure they can get themselves for the full 24 hours. A quick update from the Nissan pits. They had a pit fire in the Nissan pit on the fuel. They're going to put Derek Daly back in the car, and he will go back out in the car instead of Earl. And daily back in the car. They will get it back in, though. And to Bill Hennessy for a quick update. Very quickly here, Jack Roush, as both of his cars have been in and taken on fuel. One driver change on that. Derek Bell has climbed in to go after his next 24 hours of Daytona win here at the famed Big D. We invite you to stay with us. Our next report from the Sunbank 24 will be coming your way in just about one hour from now at 5.30 Eastern time. And we'll be with you throughout the afternoon, evening, and nighttime hours on to tomorrow's conclusion. Again, our next update will be in just one hour from now at 5.30 as the Sunbank 24 continues to unfold at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway. Porsche currently on top of the leaderboard. At the Daytona International Speedway in hour number two of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the Porsche 962C of Frank Jelinski, Henri Pescarolo, and Jean-Louis Ricci had led for most of the first hour and into the second. However, after a scheduled pit stop, Pescarolo took the wheel and suffered a major suspension failure at top speed in turn one of the super speedway. Oh, I spent four or five time, but I touched nothing. Are you going to get back in? Yeah, they are going to change the wishbone and I will be back. The pole-sitting Porsche, co-driven by Bob Wallach, Dominic Dobson, Sarl van der Merwe, and Bruce Levin, then took over the lead and suffered a flat tire and rear wing damage after an encounter with a slower car. That allowed the Jaguars to take over the top two spots. The 61 Cat with Jan Lammers moved into the top spot, with the 60 Jag of Price Cobb in second. Now, the Nissan team has changed its strategy after an hour one pit fire. Crew Chief Wes Moss explains. The car got covered up with extinguishing agent. Chip got a little excited and got out, so the whole thing got really confused and out of hand. Uh, and then we were switching, switch back, and right now the 83 car is the race car, and we're scrubbing tires on the 84 that had the fire. Will this change your strategy? Well, it put a dent in it. It won't really change it. We were going to run 
both cars for the first hour until we, if, if, if we had no problems, we'd pull a car out and start scrubbing tires, which is what we're doing. We just happen to have a problem then. That's Nissan crew chief Wes Moss. The second Nissan now has managed to move back up onto the leaderboard. And here's the rundown at the end of hour two in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The Jaguar on top, Andy Wallace behind the wheel of the 61 Jaguar at the moment. A Porsche has moved itself into second place. The Raul Basel Al Unser Jr. Robbie Unser car moving up to second spot with a pit stop expected momentarily. In third, the second of the Jaguars, Formula One veteran Martin Brundle now at the wheel of that automobile. The 80 three Nissan moving back up to fourth place now after their pit problems that car becoming the main automobile for the Nissan team the 84 having been retired Jeff Brabham behind the wheel of the Nissan at this moment and the Toyotas cracking the leaderboard in GTP the number 99 Gurney Racing Toyota with Drake Olson at the wheel now running in fifth spot the GTO leader the Mercury Cougars with Desert Racer Robbie Gordon at the wheel and the GTO GTU leader rather the Dodge Daytona of Cal Choquette this, from the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. in one hour at 6.30 Eastern Time. I'm Alan Bestwick at the Daytona International Speedway. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Sunset at Daytona finds the race slowed under caution for the first time with the Jags still on top. I'm Alan Bestwick. The story after this. Full course caution of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona has appeared. Just moments ago, the seventh place running Chevy Spice of Jeff Klein crashed at the entrance to the infield road course from the Super Speedway. Klein is just fine, but IMSA officials needed to remove his car from its resting place, and so the 24-hour race is slowed under caution for the first time. One of the front-running teams as the caution appeared was the Toyota of Dan Gurney's All-American Racers. I talked with Dan as the caution came out. He told me he's very pleased with his team's progress so far. Well, I'm very pleased. You know, we're running uh, in fourth place right now. We did have a problem. One of the cars dumped a whole lot of oil on the windscreen. We had to make an extra stop. It's very difficult to get oil off of the windscreen, especially, you know, sunset. So uh, we didn't want to stop, but we had to. You couldn't see. Also in the last hour, the pole-sitting GTO car retired. The Mazda car of Pete Halsmer, Elliot Forbes Robinson, and Jim Downing. Halsmer tells our Bill Hennessy what happened. Yeah, we had, uh, it looked like we had some kind of an oil pressure problem. There was some oil in the car, and it looks like it's terminal. They parked it, unfortunately. Pretty bad for a maiden voyage for the Mazda as a four-rotary engine. Well, we were pretty pleased with it. You know, we felt like that's the strong point of that car, and I still really feel that way. That's been an excellent motor for them, and, and 
uh, one problem like that doesn't make me that feel that bad. Of course, it would have been nice to, to win this thing. You know, we put it on a pole down here, and it looked real promising. Mazda, Mazda driver Pete Halsmer. Also this hour, the 84 Nissan factory car was retired. According to plan, one of the factory Nissans will race through the night for the win. Here's the running order. After three hours, the Jaguars holding down the first two spots. The 61 Jaguar with Andy Wallace and Davey Jones in the lead. The number 60 Jaguar currently being driven by Price Cobb is in second spot. In the third position is the factory Nissan with Bob Earl behind the wheel just getting in the car at a pit stop under this caution. The Toyota in fourth, Drake Olson, Rocky Moran, and Juan Manuel Fangio third sharing that automobile. And currently running in fifth, the first of the Porsches, Raul Bassell, Robbie Unser, and Al Unser Jr. The, le the leader in GTO is Robbie Gordon in the Roush Racing Cougar, the GTU leader, the Dodge of Cal Choquette, and the Camel Lights leader. After three hours, the Ferrari Spice of Martino Finotto. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. They're carving through the darkness now at Daytona International Speedway. Four hours of the Sunbank 24 hours are complete here. We'll have the latest rundown and all the things that are going on in just a moment. One-sixth complete. We'll give you some of the top uh, standings right at the moment as of just a few moments ago. The overall leader in the race is Price Cobb driving one of the two Tom Walkinshaw Racing Jaguars. The number 60 is out in front. Moving back into second, one of the Nissan entries, the 83 car being driven right at the moment by Bob Earl. Dropping back a spot to third, the other Jaguar entry this time being driven by Davy Jones. That's car number 61. Moving up to fourth, uh, one of the Porsches, the 962C, the water-cooled version that's just out for this event. Robbie Unzer aboard car number 17. He is fourth and sitting in the fifth position, a car that had problems early, but they've worked on those problems and they've come back nicely. The Costas Los Derek Bell, number 30 Porsche, is in the fifth position. Leading the GTO standings at this juncture, driving one of the Roush Racing Mercury Cougars, Robbie Gordon, that's car number 15. He's followed closely by Amos Johnson in the Mazda RX-7, the number six. The Camel Lights leader at the moment, Martino Finotto in a Ferrari-powered Spice. Tim McAdam is in second in that class of cars with a Porsche Fab car, the number 42. Your leader in GTU coming back to take the lead just in the last hour, Roger Mandeville, longtime Mazda stalwart. He's in a Mazda MX-6 this season, and he is leading the two Dodge Daytona entries, the 00 and the 07. The 00 now being driven by Don Knowles, the 07 by Robbie Buell. The 00 car that had been driven by Cal Schauken in the early going was the leader in GTU for much of the early going. And uh, he says that thus far, things for his team are going almost too well. We weren't really expecting to take the lead this, this soon. It really is too soon, and it makes everybody very, very nervous and really on their toes. But uh, hopefully it'll last. This is, this is only 10% of the race gone by, and my God, we wish it was 99%. Uh, <laughs> We talked to Schauke a few moments before his car went out of the lead. He told me that they were hoping to slow their pace down just a little bit and make sure both cars are around for the finish. Schauke also says he's expecting a very tough fight from the Mazdas. The number 38, Roger Mandeville's team, 
They're, they're, they do a swell job, and uh, they, they spur us, spur the whole team on to excellence, believe me. And they do a swell job. They really do. So those are the thoughts of Cal Schauket, one of the owner-drivers in competition here. From Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hello again from the World Center of Racing. Five hours of the Sunbank 24 are complete and some shuffling in the standings. We'll have the details coming up. We work into the sixth hour of the Sunbank 24 hours, although at the top of the leaderboard, it's still the two Jaguars. The number 61 car now being piloted by Davy Jones is out in front. The number 60 of Price Cobb is in second spot, and we'll have a full look at the leaderboard for you in just a couple of moments. In GTO, an interesting story starting to develop. The two Roush Racing Cougars, the one of Robbie Gordon, the driver who is a very young man. He's only 20 years old, and he's come from off-road racing. He is the leader in this division right now. Their team car is being driven now by Trans Am champion Dorsey Schrader. They've had some early problems. Well, you know, we lost the power steering rack on my car, number 11, uh, Whistler Cougar, and uh, we went down 16 laps. So we made one up on this last pit stop, and the car's running fine now. There's a lot of race left, so we're, we're optimistic we can get right up there. Our other car's leading the way, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not like this hasn't happened before. You know, we were about 38 laps down, me and Wally Dombeck last year, and uh, yeah. we came back up through it, so we're, we're not out of this hunt yet. <laughs> Schrader got back in his car about 40 minutes ago. He really likes running on this 3.56-mile road course. Oh, I like it a lot. You know, I've, I've had good times every time I did come here. It's, uh, you know, it's fun. I'd love to go stock car racing someday because banking feels good. I, I like, you know, this car gets around here so well, and uh, it's easy to drive. It really is. Let's take you back through the field just a little bit now, topping the leaderboard in the GTPs. The prototypes, as we mentioned, Davy Jones in the Jaguar and Price Cobb in his Jaguar are one and two. Now moving to third, Jeff Brabham in the Nissan, the number 83, and taking over the fourth-place car, the Porsche 962C, the number 17, Al Unser Jr. has taken over the wheel of that car from Raul Boisel. Fifth in the standings overall right now, the number 99, Dan Gurney Toyota, driven by Drake Olson in the Camel Lights. The leader continues to be the Ferrari Spice of Martino Fanato in uh, GTO, as we told you, one of the Roush Racing Cougars, Robbie Gordon in the number 15 car. And your GTU leader at the moment, Roger Mandeville, has gone back in front in GTU in his Mazda. The two Dodge Daytonas, the full-time racing entries, the 07 of Stuart Hayner and Robbie Buell now has taken over second. The double zero car, Cal Schauket and Don Knowles has moved to third. Peter Uria's Mazda RX-7 is fourth right now in GTU. So that's a quick look at the standings at this point. We'll have some final comments in a moment from Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. And just to update you, the early leader of this race, the zero Porsche driven by Frank Jelinski, has been retired. See you in an hour. I'm Rick Benjamin.
This Sunbank 24 at Daytona update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hello again from Daytona International Speedway. A quarter of the Sunbank 24 hours at Daytona is now complete. For the second time in this event, we're under full course caution. We'll tell you why in a moment. And better, just moments ago, there was a crash at the entrance to Pitt Road here at Daytona International Speedway. One car is upside down. It is the number 30 Momo Wheels Porsche 962C. Now that car has been shared by five different drivers. We're not certain who's behind the wheel at the moment. As we say, the car is the only one involved. The car had been shared by Gianpero Moretti, Derek Bell, Stanley Dickens, Costas Los, and Steve Phillips. And we're trying to find out who is behind the wheel of that car at this point. Let's quickly give you the top five. Again, they're all GTP cars. The number 30 car involved in the incident was fifth in the standings as of a few moments ago. The leaders, still the two Jaguars, the number 61, piloted by Jan Lammers and Davy Jones. The number 60 Jaguar, second, that's Martin Brundle aboard at the moment. The number 83 Nissan with Chip Robinson up is uh, sitting third right now. And in fourth spot, the number 17 Porsche, Al Unser Jr., is behind the wheel right at this point. Again, we'll have more on the incident that has brought out the full course caution as soon as we know a little bit more. Much of the attention so far in the Sunbank 24 has gone to the Jaguars and the factory Nissan. But last year's Nissan GTP, now in the hands of Jim Busby Racing, is making a move too. John Paul Jr. has that car in the top ten. Well, we had some handling problems early on. We had to change the motor in that right after the warm-up, and we misplaced a few things as far as the, the uh, rear sway bar. But we got it corrected under the yellow, went back out, and the car's running excellent. The new motor hasn't missed a beat yet. Everything's running seems very well. It seems like we have a lot of reserve, untapped energy left, so I think we'll do all right. Now we just have word in from trackside that the driver in the number 30, the Momo Porsche, is Derek Bell. We understand he is okay. They're getting him out of the car. They'll be taking him to the infield care center. We'll have more for you in just a moment from Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Again, the latest from trackside, the number 30 Momo Porsche got upside down coming down pit road. We're under full course caution. The car being piloted by Derek Bell, a former winner here. We understand he is okay. Again, the leader, the two Jaguars, the 61 of Davy Jones, the 60 of Martin Brundle. We'll have more in an hour. Our next report tonight at 1030 Eastern Time. This is Rick Benjamin. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.
MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Welcome back to the Daytona International Speedway and our continuing coverage of the Sunbank 24. Porsche driver Derek Bell was involved in a crash within the hour, one he says was probably one of the worst of his career. That story and the current standings coming up. We're now into our number seven of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. And although a Porsche team has been strong throughout the afternoon and evening tonight, and still one Porsche team is up in the top five, one of the Porsche cars is out. Derek Bell driving the Momo Porsche 962C was involved in a one-car spin off turn four of the speedway and flipped the car on its roof. Bell explained the accident. I wish I knew. I just flat out around the banking and turned four and then suddenly it just collapsed at the right rear and then it just flew up in the air and I just remember sailing through the air. It was the most incredible ride and then, I don't know, it just came down so quietly on the road and just skidded on and on and on and on and on down the road. And as I was going along, I, I realized I was just sliding and I just didn't seem to hit anything. So I switched, I put the fire extinguisher on because I'm just terrified of fire and I thought, well, I, I ain't going to stick my hands out anywhere because I don't want yet because I haven't stopped. And then I realized the engine was still running. I was upside down, so I switched the engine off. And then, I, I, as I said, I got the fire extinguisher button, so I started to get soaked in, flour, in, in fuel. And, um, and I then started to pass out because there's fumes. I, well, I, I, I was then stopped, and I couldn't get out of either. I got my legs from in my side into the passenger side, and I realized I couldn't get either door open. The windscreen, I think, was still in the car, and I couldn't get out the windscreen. And I'm big, and I thought, well, boy, and I'm here. And I, but no, I just couldn't move. I was moving, but I couldn't move anything out of the way. Derek Bell on a terrifying accident. He said that other than a fat lip and a sore neck, he is okay. Just after seven and a half hours into the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, it is Team Jaguar still up in front. Andy Wallace currently driving the number 61 car. Second is Chip Robinson. He's driving the Nissan. Third in GTP, Allenser Sr. in the Porsche. In the fourth position, Price Cobb in the Jaguar. And running fifth, the Toyota team, Olsen, Moran, Fangio, and Medanza. In GTU presently, the Porsche team is driving, that uh, is leading that is, John Kraft, McCall, and Johnson in that machine. The Mazda is second, Nissan is third, Dodge Daytona fourth, and Nissan is fourth. In the GTO division, it's the Mercury Cougar, the Jack Roush machine that's still in the top spot. Mazda has the second position, third is Mustang, and presently in Camel Lights, it's the Higgins, Chev uh, Chevy, McAdams, and Monk Porsche. Buick is second, Chevy Tiga is in the third position. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Again at Daytona, the Jaguar team leads. Andy Wallace, currently the driver of that machine, will have another report in one hour. From Daytona International Speedway, I'm Joe Moore. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.
WMRN Radio. Presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hello again from the Daytona International Speedway. Our coverage of the Sunbank 24 continues on MRN Radio. The Nissan team has taken the lead again, and there have been problems for the Toyota team. Those stories coming up. We're into our number eight of the 24 that make up the total distance here in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. On our last report, Davy Jones had put the Jaguar in the front spot. That team has now dropped to second, and the Nissan, driven by Jan Lommers, is now in the top spot in GTP competition. Behind Nissan and Jaguar is the other Jaguar team driven by Price Cobb, John Nielsen, and Martin Brundle. Then the Porsche with Bobby Unser at the controls. The Kevin Cogan, John Paul, and Marrow Baldy Nissan is presently in the fifth position. On our last report, we had told you that Team Toyota had moved into the top five. They have since fell behind after a lengthy pit stop. Team owner and manager Dan Gurney explained the problem on the Toyota. Uh, we had overheating. So, uh, Try to clean the radiator, add a little water, give a little more oil. Everything seems to be all right, but uh, that's not a good sign. Toyota has now moved to the seventh position. As you would imagine, driving at speeds of 200-plus miles an hour at night can present some special problems. We talk with Elliot Forbes Robinson, one of the drivers of the GTO Mazda, and ask about special problems presented during these night segments of the Sunbank 24. Well... You pretty much know where you are, but you still get lost in traffic because you do have that problem of going around a car and then still finding the racetrack. But the other thing that happens to you is, is that uh, the last two times I've raced here, once with uh, Foyt and then the Mazda last year, I've had uh, lighting problems. And I had the lights go out on the car. And uh, so now you're just doing it by complete feel. You drive up the outside of the track knowing that this is where you turn. And you do pick these points in case this does happen where you know that you get to this point and you turn, and when you turn, you'll see the apex come up at one time shortly after that, and when it comes up, then you know the outside's coming up, and you drive by that way. Not a comfortable way to drive at all. Once again, the rundown after eight hours of competition here at Daytona, the Nissan in front of the GTP competition, Jeff Brabham driving that car, the Jaguar is second with Jan Lommers, John Nielsen has the other Jaguar in the third position, Porsche is fourth, and fifth, the Nissan of John Paul Jr., Kevin Cogan, and Mario Baldi. In GTU action, it's a job craft McCall Johnson Porsche. Mazda is second, Nissan third, another Mazda fourth, and Jaguar is fifth. In the Camel Light Division, the Morgan Hessert Tinkate Buick leads the way, and in GTO, it's the Mercury Cougar of Barry Gordy. From Daytona, this is MRN Radio. Again, after eight hours of action, Jeff Brabham leads the way in the Nissan and GTP competition. We have another report coming up in one hour from Daytona. I'm Joe Moore. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.
in Radio. Presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hello again from Daytona International Speedway. Our number nine is underway in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The Nissan team of Daly, Brabham, Robinson, and Earl is in front again. Problems persist for the Toyota team, and the Jaguars are still near the front. We'll have complete details after this. Moving into the early morning hours here in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, Derek Daly, presently the driver of the Nissan Performance GTP ZXT. Daly leads the Sunbank 24 over Jan Lommers in the Castro Jaguar. The other Jaguar with John Nielsen behind the wheel is in third. And rounding out the top five in GTP is the Nissan of Kevin Kogan, John Paul Jr., and Maro Baldi. Fifth is the Porsche team of Herzog, Stuck, Haywood, and Crows. In our last update, we reported the problems of the Dan Gurney-owned Toyota. They are still experiencing overheating problems on that car and have since fallen way behind, losing quite a few laps in the pit area. In GTU competition, the Porsche of Job, McCraft, and Johnson is still the leader. That team has been strong all evening. They are ahead of the Bob Dodson, Rusty Scott Mazda, and the Kreider Racing Nissan. Two Buicks are setting the pace in the Camel Light class. Charles Morgan, Tom Sessard, and Hendrick Tincate of their Essex Buick Spice in front. And their teammates, Howard Katz, John Cochran, and John Morrison, are in the second position. Presently in GTO competition, the Whistler Radar Cougar is in front with the factory Mazda in second, and the other Cougar from the Roush Racing Stables presently in the third position. Now when the green flag fell this afternoon at 3.30, Jaguar started in the ninth and tenth positions respectively. They are still among the top five in the GTP competition. Team owner Tom Walkinshaw told us the race is progressing about as he expected. Well, it's very much as we expected it between ourselves and the Nissan. And it's just sort of ebbing and flowing back and forth with pad changes and so forth. So I think it's just a case of getting through the night and then see what happens when daylight tomorrow. Walkinshaw admitted he did not expect to have the lead so early. His team planned on moving up front by early morning. Well, there was one or two a couple of the Porsches had problems that they normally wouldn't have so that sort of uh, you know brought us up to the front earlier than we normally expected to be but the pace settled down to what we thought it would and uh, well the race is between us and the Nissan and uh, we'll just have to see what it brings now. The Jaguar is still strong but again Nissan presently is up front. From the Daytona International Speedway this is MRN Radio. Presently, the Nissan leads the way in GTP competition. Derek Daly in that car. Jan Lommers has the Jaguar in second. A Jaguar is third, and a Nissan is fourth. Now the drivers race off into the early morning hours, and we'll have our next report this morning at 6.30. From the Daytona International Speedway, I'm Joe Moore. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio. 
presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Dawn approaches at Daytona, but the night has claimed many. I'm Alan Bestwick at the Daytona International Speedway. I'll have the story after this. At the Daytona International Speedway, the Sunbank 24 at Daytona has just concluded its 15th hour. Any driver will tell you that surviving the overnight hours is the toughest part of the endurance grind. Physical and mechanical exhaustion claim many victims during the night, and this night it was the Nissans, the Toyota, and one of the remaining Porsches whose races have ended. For the Nissan factory effort, their search for a 24-hour win ended at around 2 this morning when engine troubles sent the number 83 car to the garage. It's race over. The Nissans have revived the number 84 sister car, which is now currently running, but that machine's been parked since about 5.30 last night and will end up finishing well down in the final standings. The other Nissan effort, the private effort for defending Sunbank 24 winner Jim Busby's team was retired just a short time ago at 5.45 this morning after an all-night struggle to overcome engine problems. Right now that car is currently being shown in 10th place on the leaderboard on the basis of laps completed, but the car has been officially withdrawn from the race. For the Toyota GTP car, an overheating problem forced the team to withdraw their car at about 1.15 this morning, ending a fine run that saw the car in the top five for the first third of the race. And in the Porsche camp, the Dower Racing entry for Al Unser Jr., Robbie Unser, and Raul Bussell has ended its race at about 6 this morning, also after fighting engine and brake problems for most of the overnight. Currently on the leaderboard, the Jaguars still hold the top two spots in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the number 61 cat. Currently leading the number 60 by some three laps after the second Jag made an extended pit stop to repair some front end damage incurred when Martin Brundle hit the guardrail exiting pit road a little bit earlier in the evening. Price Cobb is currently behind the wheel of the second Jag. The pole-sitting Haviland Porsche of Bob Wallach, Dominic Dobson, and Cyril Vandermerve has survived numerous problems, currently in third spot, some 16 laps behind. Fourth, the Porsche for Hans Stuck, Hurley Hayward, and Rene Herzog. Fifth, overall, and the GTO leader, the Roush Racing Mercury Cougar, Lynn St. James, currently at the wheel. The GTP Porsche of John Hotzkiss, currently sixth. The second GTO Cougar running in seventh with Dorsey Schrader. The Camel Lights leader, Frank Jelenic, currently running ninth. The GTU leader of Peter, Peter Urea, the Mazda, currently in tenth spot. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. After 15 hours, it is currently Jaguar leading the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. I'm Alan Bestwick at the Daytona International Speedway. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Our next report at 7.30 Eastern Time. This broadcast is a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.
MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. The dawn of another sunny Florida day finds the Jaguars still in command at Daytona. I'm Alan Bestwick, the Sunbank 24 at Daytona leaderboard after this. As daylight begins to spread over the Daytona International Speedway, the Jaguar team remains firmly in control of the Sunbank 24-hour race. The Cats hold down the top two spots with the number 61 Jag leading the number 60 Jag by two laps. Andy Wallace is behind the wheel of the lead car right now. The second Jag again two laps behind with a pit stop expected shortly. In third at the moment, currently the Porsche 962 of Bob Wallach, Saro Vandermerva and Dominic Dobson, they are some 17 laps down to the lead Jaguar. Despite an almost hour-long pit stop, the Porsche of Hans Stuck, Hurley Haywood, and Rene Herzog remains in fourth position. The Alucraft team spent most of the last hour correcting turbocharger wastegate problems. Stuck is behind the wheel right now. The car has returned to the race in fourth position overall. The GTO leader currently running fifth overall, the Roush Racing Cougar, being shared by Robbie Gordon, Calvin Fish, Robert Lapalainen, and Lynn St. James. The GTO leader again fifth overall at this point. Sixth place right now, driving a steady pace, is the GTP Porsche of John Hotchkiss, Sr. and Jr., and James Adams. The seventh place car is currently undergoing a few problems. The second Roush GTO Cougar made a pit stop just moments ago, but stalled on its way out of the pits and won't refire. The car is sitting at the end of pit road while the team tries to cure the problem. Eighth currently, the GTO Mazda of Jim Downing, Pete Halsburgh, and Amos Johnson, also John Osteen in that car. Ninth, the Camel Lights leader, the Mazda Argo of Frank Jelenic, John Grooms, and Michael and Peter Greenfield. And 10th place at the moment on the leaderboard, another Camel Lights, the Pontiac Spice of Craig Carter. The leading GTU car at the moment, the Mazda of Peter Urea, Bob Dotson, Jim Pace, and Rusty Scott. They are running 12th overall. The overnight attrition has been fairly high here at Daytona. If you're just joining us this morning, the Nissan left the race just before 2 a.m. this morning, suffering an engine problem. The private Nissan with Jim Busby's team withdrew from the race about 5.45 this morning, also suffering an, an engine problem. The Toyota GTP car withdrew from overheating at 1.15 this morning. And in the Porsche camp, the Dower Racing entry with Al Unser Jr., Robbie Unser, and Raul Bussell withdrew just before 6 a.m. this morning with an engine problem. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. After, one, after 16 hours, the Jags currently lead the Sunbank 24 at Daytona at a blistering record pace, 114 miles an hour average speed. Our next report in one hour. ...has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. 
sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hour 17 at Daytona is all Jaguar as their lead widens over the first Porsche. I'm Alan Bestwick, the story after this. With more than 1,900 miles covered by the leaders at an extremely fast pace, the Jaguars still run 1-2 in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The lead Jag, car number 61, has just been taken over by Davy Jones after another flawless pit stop by the Tom Walkinshaw racing crew. In second, the other Jag, number 60, being co-driven this weekend by Price Cobb, John Nielsen, and Martin Brundle. They remain two laps down to the lead car. Laps lost only due to a pit road encounter with the guardrail at the exit to the pit area. The third place Porsche of Bob Wallach, Sarah Vandermerv, and Dominic Dobson is losing ground to the Jags. One hour ago, they were 16 laps down. Now, they're some 20 laps down with Wallach behind the wheel, again as we complete 17 hours at Daytona. Here's the rundown on some of the uh, division standings as we complete 17 hours of the 24 today. Again, the number 61 Jag with Davy Jones currently behind the wheel leading the GTP and the overall event. The 60 Jag is second. Third place, the 86 Porsche, Wallach, Dobson, and Vandermerv. In fourth place is the Porsche of Hans Stuck, Hurley Haywood, and Rene Herzog. That car has spent a good deal of time on pit road trying to correct some turbocharger problems. They are currently back in the race. And the fifth place running GTP car at the moment is the Porsche 962 of John Hotchkiss Sr. and Jr. and James Adam Hotchkiss Jr currently behind the wheel of that car. In the Camel Lights division, the Mazda Argo of Frank Jelenic, John Grooms, and Michael and Peter Greenfield continues to head the field. The Pontiac Spice of Craig Carter, David Rocha, and Andres Petri is the second place running car in the Camel Lights division. The GTO leader is still the Mercury Cougar with Calvin Fish, Robbie Gordon, and Lynn St. James sharing the driving. Calvin Fish got behind the wheel of the car about 20 minutes ago for their next stint. The other Roush Cougar is currently holding down second in GTO, that being shared by Dorsey Schrader and Max Jones. Third place in the GTO class, the Mazda of Jim Downing, Amos Johnson, Pete Halsmer, and John Osteen. Right now, Amos Johnson behind the wheel of that car. And leading GTU at the moment, another Mazda with Peter Urea, Bob Dotson, Jim Pace, and Rusty Scott sharing the driving duties. The GTU leader in 12th place overall after 17 hours. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Again, the overall standings after 17 hours at Daytona. The Jaguars in the top two spots. The Haviland Porsche, 20 laps down in third. A Porsche in fourth. And the GTO Cougar in fifth. Our next report in one hour, I'm Alan Bestwick. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. We will be 10 seconds from airtime at the tone. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. 
We're three quarters of the way home here at the World Center of Racing. Six hours left at the Sunbank 24th Daytona. And still the two white and green Jaguars are setting the pace in this year's event. We'll have the latest in a moment. Just one quarter of the race's distance left to be run here at Daytona International Speedway. And again, it continues to be a Jaguar show. At the moment, the number 61 Jaguar is being wheeled by Jan Lammers, and that car is the leader. At last report a few moments ago, Price Cobb had taken over the second-place Jaguar, the number 60, and that car is one lap down. In third spot, another of the prototypes, the number 86 Porsche, the Bruce Levin Racing Team, the car being driven by Dominic Dobson at the moment. His partners are Bob Wallach and Sorrell Vandermerv. In fourth spot, the number two Porsche, now being driven by Hans Stuck, Rene Herzog, and Hurley Haywood, also among the wheelmen in that car. And fifth overall, a very strong showing. This car's been toward the front virtually throughout the entire event. One of the Jack Roush Racing Cougars, the number 15 of Lynn St. James, Robbie Gordon, and Calvin Fish. That car, as we say, has been very strong throughout the day and night. And right now, the car solidly in the top five overall, the very comfortable leader in GTO. We talked to Lynn James a short time ago. She says that even with three quarters of the race in, you just can't relax. It never gets easy. You never relax. You never back off. I mean, uh, truly, the Cougar's running very well. I mean, there is not a problem, but I have not known a situation where you have a problem free race. I mean, I remember a few years ago when the Toyotas broke down 30 minutes from the end after having a big lead, and I mean, I'm not predicting anything, but so you never let back, you know, it's, uh, but the, the weather's been perfect. Uh, it's been literally a picture-perfect race. Elsewhere, the other leaders, as we look through the top 12, sitting in sixth spot, another of the Porsche prototypes, John Hotchkiss Sr. and Jr. and Jim Adams in car number 10. The seventh spot right now to the other Roush Racing Cougar, the number 11, Dorsey Schrader, Max Jones, and Robert Laplainen, three Trans Am veterans in that car. In eighth spot right now, the number 63 Mazda of Jim Downing and Amos Johnson, John Osteen, and Pete Halsmer, the IndyCar veteran. Running ninth, the leader in the Camel Lights class, the number 36 Mazda of Frank Yelenek, John Grooms, and Michael and Peter Greenfield. And rounding out the top 10 overall, Jim Stevens, Rick Mancuse, James Jager. In 11th spot, another lights entry, the number 55 Fuji Film Pontiac. This is Craig Carter and David Rocha aboard. And the leader in the GTU division is 12th overall, the number 71 Mazda. That's the Peter Uria racing entry. Also driving that car, Bob Dotson, Jim Page, and Rusty Scott. So there's a look at the top 12 as we have a little less than six hours to go right now in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. And from Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Welcome back to Daytona International Speedway. I'm Rick Benjamin. Five hours to go in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. We have a lead change to tell you about. We'll do that in a moment. Well, with five hours to go in this year's Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the two Jaguars, the Kestrel Walkinshaw Racing Jaguars, continue to set the pace, but they've swapped positions. It is according to plan. The number 61 Jaguar, which had been driven by Jan Lammers, led for several hours. They brought the car in just a few moments ago for regular pit service, which included a brake pad change, really something to see on pit road. 
Now Andy Wallace has taken the wheel of the 61. We had a chance to talk to Jan Lammers. He says that quality pit work is the heart of that team's success. Uh, well, the car's been uh, not only feeling very good, but uh, I'm so impressed with the number 61 crew. I mean, it's just incredible to uh, to practice pad changes and, and uh, wheel changes and all that in the workshop at just around a minute. That's okay, but in the heat of the fire, they've done all the pad pad changes. They changed the brake pads, four wheels, fuel everything in one minute and 15 seconds I mean that's that's just something that makes it so much easier out on the track certainly does and that team continues to set the pace now the Wallace car that uh, the car now driven by Wallace that Yammers got out of has fallen back to second because of that lengthy pit stop Price Cobb has taken the seat at the number 60 and he now is the leader still sitting third the Bruce Levin Bayside racing Porsche the number 86 with Dominic Dobson up and that car now about 17 laps back Another few laps back, the number two Porsche. That's Hans Stuck at the wheel of that car now. Rounding out the top five right at the moment. The uh, first car in GTO, one of the Roush Racing Cougars, Robbie Gordon, Calvin Fish, and Lynn St. James. And they have been in the top five for much of the way. Sitting in the sixth spot right now, back to the prototypes, the number 10 wins Porsche. This is the Hotchkiss Senior and Junior Jim Adams entry. Running seventh, the other Roush Racing Cougar in GTO, Dorsey Schrader at the wheel of that car, the number 11. Eighth position at the moment in GTO. This is the third place car. Belongs to the Jim Downing Mazda, the number 63. The first car in the Camel Lights division is ninth. That's Frank Yelenek's number 36. Rounding out the top 10, back to GEO, GTO, we should say, the number 90 of Jim Jager. So there's a look at your top 10. We have more to talk about. But first, from Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. And to catch you up, only one Camel Lights entry in the top 10 so far. That's the Frank Jelinek car. Second in that division is the number 55 of David Rocha and Craig Carter. Third, the number 12 of Ron McKay. The GTU leader at the moment, the Mazda RX-7 of Peter Uria. Next report in one hour, I'm Rick Benjamin. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Hello again from Daytona International Speedway. I'm Rick Benjamin. Four hours to go now in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The two Castrol Jaguars continue to set the race pace, but again, there's been a swap in the lead positions. And one of the Jaguars' major rivals calls it a day. These stories when we come back. Now just four hours left to go in this annual twice-around-the-clock endurance test and the two Walkinshaw Racing Jaguars continuing to show the way. They got the lead quite a while ago, earlier than they really expected because these cars are not noted for their speed, rather their strength over the long haul. At this moment, the number 60 Jaguar has reclaimed the lead. Martin Brundle now in the seat of that car. That car took the front a few moments ago when the crew brought the number 61 car in for service and another driver change. Davy Jones relieving 
Bryce Cobb in that automobile. The only remaining Nissan, the number 84 factory entry, just left the race a short time ago. Crew Chief Wes Moss tells us what happened. Uh, Bob was running pretty nicely in the car and he came on the radio, uh, said he had low oil pressure. He brought it in, added some oil, sent it back out, but it was deteriorating, so it's some kind of serious internal problem. The Bob that Wes Moss referred to, driver Bob Earl, who was in the seat at the time that that incident took place. Moss says the car which they just retired, the number 84, wasn't expected to run past the first couple of hours. Yeah, we put the, um, you know, we had the fire problem and so forth with the 84 car. We, we used it then to scrub tires and parked it. And then when the other car had a problem early this morning, we pulled it back out at 2 o'clock and put it back in the race. And I've been doing really well with it. And we'd gotten back up to where we would have collected some points this race. But that's another would have, I guess. Would have, could have, you know. So the reason they brought the 84 back out was to try to gain some season-long points in the IMSA Camel GT Series, but that effort goes by the boards. The cars have completed about 635 laps right now. That's close to 2,000 racing miles in the Sunbank 24, and they're averaging 114 miles an hour and some change, a very impressive average speed so far. Let's take a look at the rest of the leaders. Again, Brundle in the 60, Jaguar out in front of Davy Jones in the 61. Still third, the number 86, the Bayside Racing Porsche. That's Bob Wallach in the seat right now. Fourth, 48 laps off the leader's pace. Hurley Haywood now driving the Alucraft Porsche, the number two. Fifth overall and first in GTO, one of the Roush Racing Cougars, the 15 car, being shared by Calvin Fish, Robbie Gordon, and Lynn St. James. The rest of your top ten when we come back from Daytona International Speedway. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. With just three hours remaining in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, it's still the Jaguars up front. However, one of the top Jag drivers and several other team drivers have succumbed to the high temperatures today. We'll have details and the complete rundown coming up. Well, the Jags are still up front as time begins to run out here at Daytona, just a little over three hours remaining in the Sunbank 24. The weather, however, is becoming a factor here with some of the drivers that have come out early because of the extreme heat inside the cars. One of those, Price Cobb, came out as a number 60 Castrol Jaguar, and one of the team physicians had to deal with him at that time. We asked Price Cobb about ventilation in the GTP cars. Is there any? Yeah, but often not enough. Um, the problem is because it's a front radiator car, any air you pick up but in front of the radiator is hot. Any air that's coming over the car is hot. So there's a tube or a tunnel built in that goes past the radiator from the front of the car. But often, if the nose doesn't fit exactly right, hot air bleeds into that tube anyway from the radiator and comes into the car. Is that a condition that's usual here at Daytona? Yeah, this race is always pretty difficult. Uh, you don't have any time for rest. Uh, you accelerate pretty hard and you brake real hard. Too many times a lap, and there's a lot of uh, traffic. So unlike Le Mans, which is actually pretty physically easy, 
This one's just the opposite. And I personally have always had a problem with heat. I mean, I just, if you can't keep me cool, I'm in trouble. Bryce Cobb is resting as Martin Brundle has taken over the controls for now. That car is back in the lead. The other Jaguar with Davy Jones driving is presently in second. Then comes Nissan with Levin, Dobson, Vandemerva, and Wallach. The Alucraft Porsche with Herzog, Stuck, Haywood, and Groves is in the fourth position, followed by the top-running GTO entry, the Jack Roush Mercury Cougar, that team car driven by Gordon, Fish, LaPala, and St. James. Sixth, presently, another GTO entry. That's the Halsmer Robinson Morton Dowling Mazda. Another GTP is in the seventh position. That's the Wins Porsche. In the eighth spot now is a Mazda GTO. Ninth, the highest-running Camel Light. Good run for that team today. That's the Erie Scientific Mazda. And in the tenth position now is the GTO Escort Mercury Capri. So again, Jaguars for now are in control, and time is running out here at Daytona. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. With just over three hours remaining in the Sunbank 24 here at Daytona, Jaguar has the top two spots in GTP. Nissan is third, then Porsche and Porsche in the fourth and fifth positions. Cougar in GTO, Mazda in GTU and lights. Another report in one hour. This Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update has been sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona Update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. Just two hours to go here at Daytona and the Sunbank 24 and the Jaguars are still at the head of the pack. One of the top-running Jack Roush cars had an extended stay on pit road with a transmission change. Details of those stories coming up. The hours are winding down here at Daytona and the Sunbank 24. Jaguar continues to lead the pack. Jan Lummers has the number 61 Jag out front, about 30 seconds ahead of teammate John Nielsen. Jaguar spokesman John Szymanski gave the strategy for the final hours of the team. We really have no choice or no preference. At this point, our main goal is to finish with both cars. Whether 60 or 61 is in first place, that isn't really a situation that we're addressing right now. We just want to get both cars to the finish as best as possible. The two Jags are still in the front spot. Again, Lommers driving the lead car, John Nielsen in the second place car. Porsches take up the third, fourth, and fifth positions. The team of Levin, Dobson, Vandemerver, and Wallach has the third spot. The Herzog, Stuck, Haywood, and Groves team has the fourth spot. In GTO competition, the Mercury Cougars of Jack Roush continue to lead the way. Those cars have been the top-running GTO cars here since early this morning. One of the Roush cars made an unexpected driver change after driver Dorsey Schrader began suffering from heat exhaustion. He was replaced by Scott Pruitt. Now, Pruitt had been in the car just over an hour when that car was forced to pit. Pruitt explained the problem. Uh, second gear blew up. We were going down a straightaway and just felt like it came apart. Is it something you felt coming on as you were driving? 
Well, not really. Just came on all of a sudden. We made the pit stop, went back out. Everything was fine, and uh, we just, like I said, running around down the straight and just made this crack sound or uh, explode sound, and and then second gear was gone. So it just it felt like the whole gear came apart. Mm -hmm. The team made a 15-minute transmission change. Team owner Jack Roush explained the modification they made to the car that allowed for a crewman to enter the cockpit and help guide the training into place. Even with the 15-minute stop, the car is still running second in GTO competition. Pruitt is still the pilot. In GTU action now, the Mazda team with Uriah, Dotson, Pace, and Scott leads the way. Porsche is second, Mazda third and fourth, the Pontiac Fiero now in the fifth spot. And in the Camel Lights, the team Mazda, driven by Jalink, Grooms, and Greenfield leads the way. A Pontiac Spice has the second spot there. A Chevy Tiga has third, a Buick Spice in fourth and fifth. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. MRN Radio presents a Sunbank 24 at Daytona update. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. 23 hours down, just one to go here at Daytona in the Sunbank 24, and the Jaguar team members are beginning to smile. They smell a victory, maybe even a 1-2 finish. Our report is coming up. With the final hour beginning here at Daytona, the Jaguars are still in the lead. Davy Jones presently ahead of teammate Martin Brundle, although Brundle is now a lap down to Jones. The Porsches have second, third, and fourth. Bob Wallach has just been relieved by Sal Vandemerva in the Texaco Haviland Porsche. That's the third position. Fourth is Hurley Haywood in the Alucraft Porsche. And fifth is James Adams, the wins Porsche. Jaguars' John Szymanski says there are no mechanical problems with either of the leading Jags. Right now, both cars are operating normally. There's, uh, there's no dramas with the 61 car. The heating situation is fine. Same with the 60 car. We checked the water system. The water system was full up, so there's no problem there. Some of the drivers have been coming out of the cars early here today because of the warm temperatures and the lack of ventilation in these cars. Others said the weather conditions were perfect, like Alucraft Porsche driver Rene Herzog. Well, you know, after the night, some sunshine and a little heat, you don't feel it anymore. <laughs> it's nice. I'm happy that it's not raining. It was a beautiful race. It was a good night. The sky was clear. Everything is fine. The Alucraft Porsche is currently running in the fourth position. It's now being driven by Hurley Haywood. Herzog told us they do have a slight problem. The car is running very well. Engine gearbox is like when we started the race. We have a problem that both door hatches broke and our doors are opening. It seems to be a stupid thing, but uh, we lost a lot of time with that. Again, here's the rundown with just one hour to go here at Daytona. In GTP competition, the Jaguars are up front. Davy Jones has the top running Jag. In the second spot now is Martin Brundle. Bob Wallach has the third position. Fourth is Hurley Haywood, and the Porsche team also running in the fifth position. GTU competition, the Mazda team with Peter Uriah driving has the top spot. The Porsche running second there. Mazda has third and fourth. Pontiac Fiero is in the fifth spot in GTU category. 
In GTO action, it's Robbie Gordon running the Mercury Cougar. He has the top spot in that division. Dorsey Schrader has the Mercury Cougar in the second spot. Then it's Mazda, Mercury Capri, and Mustang in the fifth position. And in Camel Light action, John Grooms has his Mazda up front at the present time. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Presents the IMSA Camel GT Series. Today, the Sun Bank 24 at Daytona. This MRN Radio Special is sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. From hot sport coupes to sports sedans, Pontiac is driving excitement with your name on it. Pontiac, we build excitement. And by Speed Weeks 1990 at the Daytona International Speedway. Call 904-253-6711 for ticket information. For 23 and one half hours, the best sports car drivers in the world have been testing man and machine courage and their physical strength at the Daytona International Speedway in the most prestigious sports car race in the United States, the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. And now we come to the final 30 minutes where the drivers are trying to survive to coax their cars down to the finish line to say that they ran 24 hours on the high banks of Daytona. Good afternoon and welcome to MRN Radio's live coverage of the finish of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. I'm Alan Bestlick, joined this afternoon by Mike Joy, high atop our broadcast position at the Daytona International Speedway. Mike, it's been somewhat of a unusual 24-hour race. The last couple of years, we've seen very close 24-hour events here. This one had kind of a strange turn of events very early in the race yesterday. Alan, there, there have been, I don't know what a usual race would be here because all throughout the event, the course of the fabric of this race has changed even just moments ago when several leading contending cars have had difficulties in the various classes. We'll take you through with an update and a recap of the entire 23 and a half hours of racing. First, let's set the field as they are right now. Jaguar occupies the first two positions, the Castrol Jaguars. Jan Lammers with 746 laps on the board at this moment is the race leader. His teammate, the number 60 car, Martin Brundle now at the wheel, was running within several car lengths of the leader, but a lap behind until just a few moments ago when that car made a rather lengthy pit stop and has now fallen some three laps off the pace. We'll update that in a moment. Third, the make that has dominated this race for so many years, Porsche. The Bruce Levin Racing Texaco Haviland Porsche is the third place car. They are, at the moment, some eight laps in arrears. Fourth overall, another of the Grand Touring prototypes of the Camel GT is the Hurley Haywood Hanstuck Rene Herzog Porsche 962, the Alucraft Boats car, running in fourth. In fifth, 
the highest placed GTO Grand Touring over three liters contender, the Roush Racing Whistler Radar Warning Cougar, number 15 in the sixth position. Car number 10, the wins friction proofing Porsche 962. In seventh, in the GTO class, the Mazda RX-7, car number 63. In eighth, until moments ago when falling by the wayside was the second Roush Mercury Cougar with Scott Pruitt aboard. In ninth, the highest placed of the Camel Lights cars. That's the Erie Scientific Mazda-powered machine and running 10th. Also in the GTO class, the Escort Radar Warning Mercury Capri, car number 90. The other class leaders at this moment in Grand Touring under three liters, the Peter Urea Mazda RX-7, car number 71, is the class leader. The Porsche 911 number 26 is second, and another Mazda is third. Also in the lights uh, category, uh, David Rohai, number 55, is second, and Scott Schubot, the defending Camel Lights champion, is third. That takes you down through the class leaders as they stand with some 30 minutes left to race. So now you know how they stand at this moment. We said when we came on the air that just a couple of moments ago, one of the Jaguars who was running on the same lap with the other Jaguar experienced a problem. Let's cover that story now. Standing by down at the Jaguar pit for us from WKZQ Radio in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Bill Hennessy. Well, John Nielsen, who just climbed out of the car, a very emotional individual. As a matter of fact, we're trying to chase him down right now to maybe get a word from him. John, Okay, Martin Brundle. Martin, problems with the car brought you in the pits. How bad is it overheating and how long has this been going on? It's been going on a couple of hours now, but it's just suddenly got worse. The concerns right now are trying to finish the race. Do you think the car will be able to make the checkered flag? It's not so much that. It's staying out of the Porsche in third place. Are you guys running for the world championship this year and how valuable are these points? Well, for the IMSA championship, yeah, and obviously very valuable to Jaguar. Well, that's the words of Martin Brundle. The car is back into the pit area right now. Once again, the cover, the cowling off the rear section is off of the automobile, and they're going to start adding some more water to it. It seems to be that the water is going away. Two teams looking for one, two finishes here. Jaguar overall trying to reestablish their domination of this race. They have won it once in three tries. The victory coming in 1988 and looking for that one-two finish in the GTO class. Also hoping for a one-two finish, the Roush racing team. Jim Phillips is in that pit. Jack Roush was hoping for a, a sweep again today, but he's had problems with the number 11 car driven by Scott Pruitt. Jack, what finally put you out? Well, we broke the, uh, the pinion shaft out of the differential. We, um, you know, I've been here many times with these cars, and we've experienced on most occasions our problems very early. And uh, this was a race for, boy, we were picture perfect 18 hours into the race, and I, I had a very ominous feeling, much like I, I looked at teams up and down that hadn't had their problems in years previous. I said, bad things are yet to happen to us. But we, uh, we lost uh, altogether two power steering racks in that car. We damaged uh, a transmission, and, uh, and then finally the differential took us out. And I would say with the heat like it is without power steering, it's almost impossible to drive one of those cars very long. Well, it's been very difficult. Dorsey Schroeder and, uh, and Scott Pruitt have swapped out on the duties there, but it's much harder to drive than a car with normal manual steering because you have to move around the hydraulic mechanisms in the rack uh, dry, and it's, it's twice or three times the effort of a, of a conventional steered car. So they... Uh, they both did just a tremendous job, and I'm sure they're dehydrated, and uh, they'll be weakened from it for several days. That's Jack Rouse. He still has one car, though, running out in front. 
And that car leading the GTO class, running in fifth position overall right now. We have less than 25 minutes to go in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. We'll be back. Jaguars lead the Sunbank 24 at Daytona as the race's final minutes wind down. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. At the Daytona International Speedway, Jan Lommers behind the wheel of the Castrol Jaguar leading the Sunbank 24 at Daytona as the race winds down. We'll get the checkered flag just a bit after 3.30 this afternoon here at the World Center of Racing. Lommers right now moving around the speedway with very little effort, taking a very comfortable pace, trying to ensure that the car finishes. Lommers is in the West Horseshoe with the automobile right now. He's got plenty of open racetrack in front of him. Lommers, quite a fine fellow to chat with. We had that opportunity earlier. Smooth as silk down a short straightaway. He'll hook a sharp left-hand corner. It'll bring him up onto the banking in just a few seconds. He's taking it very conservatively with a good lead and less than half an hour to go. Lommers puts the car up onto the West Bank. The concern in the Jaguar pit, of course, is not for Lommers, but for that number 60 car circulating. Uh, it had been without benefit of its rear engine cowling in an effort to help cool things down. As it crosses the stripe, it is four laps behind the race leaders. The two Jaguars running four laps apart, and just four laps back of them is the third place car about to make its final pit stop of the day, the Texaco Haviland Porsche of the Bruce Levin racing team out of the Seattle, Washington area. Awaiting that car on pit road is the Levin team. This would be the final stop. See if indeed there is a change. They have, a, have the cone out. So next time by, we'll look for that Porsche on pit road. This odyssey began yesterday afternoon, just a little after 3.30 Eastern time, as I said, when 61 cars set off to begin a 24-hour, twice-around-the-clock grind here at the Daytona International Speedway. We set off with a, a couple of, uh, we set off with a Porsche and a Nissan, I should say, on the front row. Both cars experienced problems fairly early in the race. Now, the first of the Nissans, their original game plan coming into the race, two cars were entered by the factory Nissan team. They were going to start both, run them for about an hour, an hour and a half, find the better of the two cars, and retire the other. Well, it didn't take long for their problems to develop just into the race. Less than uh, two hours in, there was a pit fire in the Nissan pit. The lead Nissan car was making a fuel stop. They had a problem with the coupling that puts the fuel into the car. A very brief fire erupted, but in the confusion, the car got some time behind. Then it went back out on the course and developed some other engine problems later on in the evening. And so they ended up using, rather than the 84 Nissan, the 83 Nissan as their lead car. Now, they raced on with the Jaguars. Basically, those two were contending the race, the two Jaguars and the Nissan, well until about 2 o'clock this morning. In fact, it was quite a battle, Alan. At midnight, both the two Jaguars and the Nissan were running on the same lap. Uh, Jeff Brabham, when he climbed out of the car, said that the pace was not too fast, but a little quicker than what they might anticipate it. So he and Derek Daly swapping back and forth to keep that car, uh, to keep it up and on, uh, on the lead lap with the two Jaguars. Here's car number 60, the second place car on pit lane again. Uh, we expect the 11 racing car on pit road next time by the Porsche 962. Let's go to Bill Hennessy at the Jaguar pit. Back in once again, this time to replace the uh, cover. The rear cowl cover for the car, making it a little more aerodynamically stable. What they're worried about is the fact they don't want the Porsche to take over second place. So they're going to try to protect their position as best they possibly can. We'll be moving down the pit lane to talk with Amos Johnson in just a few moments. His old car is leading the GTU class at the present time. 
That's the story from the Jaguar pit right now. The second Jaguar has been in and out of the pits for a number of laps now, trying to cool an overheating problem. They're hoping to hold off the Bayside Racing Porsche, but that margin is growing closer and closer and closer. Now, just about two laps separating the Bayside, ja uh, the Bayside Porsche from the Jaguar, and a real concern on the part of Jaguar to get that one-two finish if they can. Back to the story of the race. Late last night, it had been basically a two-make race. The Porsches developed problems early. The pole-sitting Porsche, which we are talking about now, the Bayside Porsche, which is trying to come back up to second place, fairly early in the race had an encounter with a lap car, damaged the rear wing on the car, uh, set them back quite a bit of time. They dropped as far back as 20th place in the standings in the early going and has slowly chipped their way through a number of problems to work their way back up onto the leaderboard. The early leader of the event, the Yost Racing Porsche 962, driven by Henri Pescarolo, Frank Jelinski, and Jean-Louis Risi, had a problem also. They went out and led much of the early going the first couple of hours. They broke a suspension part when Pescarolo was running flat out in turns one and two of the super speedway, the car spun four or five times around, came back to the pits with no further damage, but eventually dropped out with some other related problems. So the two Porsches who were expected to contend with the Jaguars and the Nissans both fell by the wayside fairly early as far as being in contention for the win. The other Nissan that was entered in the race that was, there was some question as to whether it would be a contender or not, was the Busby Racing Nissan, the number 67, the first customer Nissan car. The Busby team, as you remember, won this event one year ago, and as they came into today's race, they were making their first outing with a Nissan having switched from Porsche. The team had a fairly consistent run, not pressing very hard, taking a very conservative strategy until early this morning at about 5.30 a.m., when a motor problem developed on the car, forcing them to withdraw from the race, and that basically ended the Jaguars' challenges to this point. Right now, we are at about 3.14 Eastern time. The race will end just a shade past 3.30, and now the second, the third place running, Bayside Racing Porsche is headed to the pits to make its final pit stop. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And let us talk to Wayne Gerber, who said they were going to try to go as far as they could before they did stop. They're only putting in gasoline. Sorrel Vandermeer is still in the cockpit. He will stay as their driver and try to finish the race. Gasoline only, a quick splash. They're on their way. They want to break that Jaguar domination of the last 12 hours of this race, first and second place, and now three laps uh, separate those two cars. Five laps first to second, three laps second to third, with the second place Jaguar continuing to have overheating problems. Porsche may have a chance uh, to spoil the day for the big cats here at Daytona. A couple of other uh, updates. The number 43 Pontiac Fiero, Joe Vardian team, campaigned on for 23 and a quarter hours, went up down the backstretch in a plume of smoke, retired from the event 10 minutes ago. Defending Camelite Series champion Scott Schubot, uh, Phil Creighton and team pushing that car back to the garage area. By some 25 minutes, it failed to finish the event. And IMSA scoring right now, estimating eight to nine laps remaining in this event before uh, 23 seconds past the half-hour mark, the checkered flag would fall. The time winding down in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The Jaguar team with a comfortable lead. And from the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Welcome back to MRN Radio's live coverage of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, the final minutes of the twice-round-the-clock journey. Alan Bestwick along with Mike Joy and the entire MRN broadcast crew at the Daytona International Speedway, bringing you the conclusion of what's been a very exciting and very unusual 24-hour event. Quick rundown. 
at 752 laps. The lead Jaguar, number 61, Jan Lammers, is at the controls. Number 65 laps behind, suffering overheating problems, trying to hang on, is the John Nielsen-driven Jaguar XJR12. Third place is the Texaco Haviland Star Porsche, number 86. They're now shown three laps, make that two and a half laps back of the second place machine. Fourth overall, the Alucraft Boats Porsche, the Rene Herzog and company car. And fifth is the highest GTO car, the Roush Racing Mercury Cougar, the Whistler Radar car. In sixth, just making its final stop, the wind's friction-proofing Porsche for the Hotchkiss team. Seventh and second in GTO is the factory Mazda with defending GTO champ Pete Halsmer. In the eighth place, although not running, is the number 11, the second Roush Cougar, and it may well hold that spot to the finish. In ninth place is the leading camel, Light Grooms, the driver, the number 36 car, the Mazda-powered Argo machine, and 10th is the escort radar warning Capri, car number 90, the GTU leader, uh, Peter Urea, and that ex-Amos Johnson Mazda RX-7. Those are the class leaders at the moment. Let's follow the leader around for a circuit or two. He's in the infield road course in front of Joe Moore. John Lauer is just exiting the Rodriguez turn, almost a completely flat turn. We were noticing yesterday when the Jaguars came off the corner, they had almost raised up on one side because that turn is completely flat. Matter of fact, almost off camber when they come off the corner. He's eased it down a bit now. Really has a smooth run off this corner as he heads for the West Horseshoe. And Lommers through that West Horseshoe and heading down the short straightaway to the left-hand corner that will take you actually two corners in one sort of. It'll take he and that race car up onto the banking here, the west end of the Super Speedway at Daytona. Lommers comfortably out front. All 12 cylinders of the Jaguar working in unison as Lammers gets into the throttle, works his way up through the gears as he comes out of turn two of the super speedway. He'll put that Jaguar up into fifth gear. Exit bias here at the top end of turn two at 170 plus miles an hour. Boy, don't want to make a mistake now. A couple of slower cars in front of Lammers as he goes down 2,000 feet of back straightaway. Now he's going to set up for the chicane. Slower car is still in front of him, but he'll clear that traffic as he sets up for the first left and right-hand turn. Lammers have drifted out wide, content to stay where he is. Only one other slower car in front of him, another one of the GTP cars. Now Lammers eases up onto the east banking. Ten minutes remaining now in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. We began again this race just a little bit after 3.30 yesterday afternoon. At 3.20, there are just over ten minutes left in the event for the Jaguars to try and hang on to their 1-2 finish. Again, there's about five laps separating the lead Jaguar from the second and another two laps separating the second-place Jaguar from the third-place Porsche. That really is where the contest lies at this point. And another of the heartbreak stories along Pitt Road, the uh, Steve Johnson, Gary Pierce, Bazima Buick and Camel Lights was just a lap away from taking over third place in that class and has come to Pitt Road here with 10 minutes remaining in the event. And both the front cover and the rear bonnet cover are off the car as the former amateur racing champ Johnson and his teammate home builder Gary Pierce try to finish this event and in fine fashion. Probably the biggest event of the day happened last night at 9.30 p.m., five-time 24-hour of Le Mans and three-time winner here at Daytona, Derek Bell from England, a man who in a very storied and successful 20 years of sports car racing around the world had never crashed a car out of a race until last night at 9.30. I wish I knew. I was just flat out around the banking on turn four and then suddenly it just collapsed at the right rear and then he just flew up in the air and I just remember sailing through the air. It was the most incredible ride and then, I don't know, it just came down so quietly on the road and just skidded on and on and on and on and on down the road. And as I was going along, I, I realized I was just sliding and I just didn't seem to hit anything. 
So I switched, I put the fire extinguisher on because I'm just terrified of fire and I thought, well, I, I ain't going to stick my hands out anywhere because I don't want yet because I haven't stopped. And then I realized the engine was still running and I was upside down, so I switched the engine off. And then, I, I, as I said, I got the fire extinguisher button, so I started to get soaked in, flour, in, in fuel. And, um, and I then started to pass out because there's fumes. I, 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 I was then stopped and I couldn't get out of either. I got my legs from in my side into the passenger side. And I realized I couldn't get either door open. The windscreen, I think, was still in the car, and I couldn't get out the windscreen. And I'm big, and I thought, well, boy, and I'm here. And I, but no, I just couldn't move. I was moving, but I couldn't move anything out of the way. Aside from a fat lip and a stiff neck, Bell was unhurt, and he'll have a chance next year to try to win his fourth Daytona 24. It was quite a spectacular ride at the moment, though. The lead Jaguar crossing the start-finish line, completing yet another lap, make it 756 on the board. Over 2,000 miles of racing here over the last 24 hours in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. We'll be back for the finish. Closing in on the finish of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, just seven minutes until the checkered flag flies. And from the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. At the Daytona International Speedway, the minutes winding down to the conclusion of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. MRN Radio bringing you our first ever live coverage of the start finish of this event, as well as updates all night long. We hope you've enjoyed our coverage, and we plan on being back again next year to bring you coverage of the most prestigious sports car endurance race in the United States. We talked already this afternoon about the Nissan Challenge falling short to the Jaguars. We talked about the Porsche Challenge coming up short. There was also another make of car in the field that gave it a good run for a while but again came up short. Well, Toyota has a very serious effort for Camel GT Racing, has for the past couple of years, and they came out with a, a new Toyota Eagle here, a one-car entry uh, for Drake Olson, uh, birthday boy Rocky Moran, and for Juan Fangio II uh, for the Dan Gurney team. But late at night, much as is happening to the second-place Jaguar right now, the temperature gauge just went off the scale, and Dan Gurney, the team owner, explained. Uh, we had overheating. Clean the radiator, add a little water, give a little more oil. Everything seems to be all right, but uh, that's not a good sign. Their efforts went for naught. The four-cylinder Toyota has a unique sealing system for the cylinder head to the block. Not unique, but they use O-rings rather than a cylinder head gasket. And when the head is torqued down, those O-rings actually embed themselves in the block uh, to the extent that removing the head would do no good because the block would have to be machined before new O-rings could be installed. So the Gurney effort went out in the late night, much the same time as the Nissan Challenge faded. Just four minutes remaining in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The lead Jaguar is on the infield road course approaching the Pedro Rodriguez horseshoe. Castrol machine now moves into Rodriguez's turn. He's just bypassed a couple of the slower cars. Matter of fact, one of those he's moving up on now is teammate John Nielsen here as it comes onto the short infield stretch heading for the West Horseshoe. Also makes a move around the Alucraft Porsche. Those three are in single file. Jan Lammers takes his Castrol. Tom Walkinshaw racing Jaguar down to the inside, getting the downshifts, hooks the right-hand 180-degree horseshoe and moves up the short straightaway. Two lead cars running nose-to-tail on the speedway at this moment, and Lammers has put the lead car in front of that duo. Lammers followed closely by the number 60 car, John Nielsen, the car that's had the overheating problem several laps down. They swing it up onto the west bank. As they come into review, as they drift up onto the west banking, Nielsen slips back below his teammate, trying to keep his Jag as cool as he can since he's experiencing 
the cooling problems to the machine. His teammate lets him by knowing what his fellow driver is suffering through here today as they streak down the back stretch. And the pace begins to pick up just a little bit as now Jag and Jag go one and two down the back straightaway. They'll set up around a couple of slower cars as they go into the chicane. Nice and smooth all the way through. A lot of debris in the chicane area as they avoid it. And now the Jaguar goes up on the banking. Jag and Jag once again running on the east side of the speedway. Beginning to set up what is a tradition at the finish of these 24-hour race events, a what they call a parade finish. The Porsches were the ones that first started it. All of the Porsches that were following a leader, say in fourth, fifth, second, would drop back and wait for the leader to come by. They'd come across the start-finish line in formation, if you would, to put on a, a good picture, made great press, uh, made a lot of newspapers. The Jaguars right now, the second place, number 60 Jaguar of John Nielsen is out ahead of the lead, number 61 Jaguar, which is uh, being driven by Jan Lammers. They, by the time we come to the finish of this event, will close up and, and form ranks for a nice photo finish. And perhaps they shall, the 60 car clearing rank, so to speak for the race leader. The rich history of this event dates to 1962 as the Daytona Continental three hours was the distance. Dan Gurney, now the head of the Toyota team, driving a Lotus, a Ford-powered Lotus 19, came to within seconds of the conclusion of the event, parked his car some 50 feet from the start-finish line, awaited the tick of the watch to close the three-hour distance, and drove across the line as Daytona International Speedway's first-ever major sports car event winner. Pedro Rodriguez is a four-time winner of this event, and among active drivers, Hurley Haywood with four victories, Bob Wallach and Derek Bell with three apiece. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Drawing ever so close to the conclusion of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona for the IMSA Camel GT Series. MRN Radio live at the Daytona International Speedway bringing you the finish of the twice around the clock grind. Right now the Jaguar is on top holding the front two spots. There's a contest going on for second and third. The second place Jaguar right now being driven by John Nielsen having overheating problems. The Bayside Racing Porsche trying to close in. At this point though they are still two laps behind the second place running Jaguar as the minutes wind down. So getting close to starter Jim Sidley and the checkered flag second place car is across the stripe as the race leader works toward, I believe, the chicane. Right now, the race leader is on the backstretch, and he's slowing down almost to a halt as he enters the chicane. Fred Armstrong? Very slowly through the chicane. He let a couple of slower cars go on by. Doesn't look like there's a problem with the car. Perhaps uh, they're forming up for the photo finish. As he tiptoes in the chicane, he'll let some more slow cars come by. Then he gets back up on the power. No trouble with the number 61 Jag. He's heading up onto the east banking under power. Watching the starter stand down at the start-finish line at Daytona International Speedway in the tri-oval area. Starter Jim Simply with the checkered flag in hand. This may be the finish of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. The Jaguar trying to form up now in turn number four. This will be the final lap. Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time in three years, first time for each of these three drivers, the flag of Britain and the colors of the Castrol Jaguar team lights ablaze, come through the tri-oval area, and Jaguar wins the Sunbank 24.
The second Jaguar now coming down through turns number three and four of the Super Speedway trying to make its way around to the start-finish line. At this point, with a two-lap lead appearing to be safe in second place, that will be the car driven by John Nielsen to the finish. Third place at this point will go to the Bayside Racing Porsche. The car started by Bob Wallach, also shared by Sarol Vandermerva. Elsewhere, uh, Dominic Dobson putting in some driving chores as well. So Jaguar going to victory lane will be the three drivers for the first time. None have ever won this event. Drivers that had for Jaguar in prior years were, are sharing the second place car. Let's get the mood in the Jag pit from Bill Hennessy. Well, they're jubilant as can well uh, be expected from some guys who hung it out all through the 24 hours leading up to the checkered flag here. A little bit disappointed with a second place car and some anxious moments for them, but they're very happy and they're waiting for their teammate to come on around and pull into victory lane. Second and third place cars cross the stripe, the second place Jaguar coming up at 755 laps, 759 for the race winner in the third place, uh, Texaco Havilland Porsche, 752 on the unofficial rundown. So the margin of victory for Jaguar, four laps plus time, three laps separating second and third place. The fourth place prototype car incredibly 58 laps behind the race winner. We'll go to victory lane and talk with the winners and run you back through the finishing order at Daytona when we come back. Enjoy a Daytona Beach vacation and get MRN discounts up to 35%. Choose from six Oceanfronts resorts. Call Ocean's 11 at 1-800-874-7420. The Jaguar directed into victory lane at Daytona. We'll go there when we come back from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. The final cars making their way off the speedway and into the pit area here at the Daytona International Speedway. The 1990 Sunbank 24 at Daytona has just concluded. The winner for the second time in three years, the Jaguars coming to the front. The old non-turbocharged XJR9 engine, the V12, chugging along just like the team hoped making its way without any problems through twice around the clock. The Jaguars taking a 1-2 sweep in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. Again, the Porsche Bayside Racing is third. The GTO winner is the Roush Racing Mercury Cougar. And the GTU winner is a Mazda. We'll be going to Victory Lane to talk with the drivers in just a moment. Well, and three new faces in Victory Lane for the Sunbank 24 sharing uh, that winning Jaguar. Let's go to Victory Lane. Bill Hennessy is there. Well, Andy Wallace is being interviewed along with Jan Lammers and uh, Davey Jones currently, and uh, we're going to try to get a word with them in just one second. Okay, the Roush Racing car carrying Jack Roush, Lee White, and crew now heads to Victory Lane, and the Peter Urea Mazda RX-7 uh, also will join them there, and the winning Camel Lights car. That's the number 36 machine, the Jelinek Grooms Greenfield, a Mazda-powered car. One of the things that'll be interesting to talk with the drivers in Victory Lane when we get a word in just a minute is the excess heat here at Daytona this year. It's been about uh, four or five degrees warmer over this weekend than it normally is, especially in the nighttime hours. Last night, the drivers are used to getting a, a little break from the weather in the overnight hours. These GTP cars especially are all sealed up and it made for quite a bit of exhaustion. Several of the drivers having problems uh, making it through their stints and having to shorten up a little bit as we got nearer to the end. A couple of drivers treated uh, for heat exhaustion coming out of those cars. Here is the number 36 Erie Scientific Mazda Argo rolling into Victory Lane, the lights winner and the Mazda GTU winner. Let's check in at Victory Lane. We'll go back with there. Early Rolex presentation is being made by Roland Poutin with Rolex International at the present time. We'll try to catch his comments. The Rolex Cup for the victory in the Sunbank 24. 
Congratulations, gentlemen. Presentation being made of the trophy now to Jan Lommers. Davy Jones, quite an accomplishment here, winning in the 24 hours, the Sunbank 24. It's been a long, hard race, and I think for Castrol Jaguar, the Tom Walkinshaw race team, everybody, it's, uh, it's well worth it. What were the trying moments through the 24-hour grind, Davey? Uh, the trying moments was really survival, uh, you know, just setting the pace and keeping to it and, and uh, making sure that the car was going to go through. And there were some moments this morning where we were very comfortable with what we had, and, and, the, and we swapped back and forth. With the overheating problems of the uh, 60 car, did that worry you at all that the uh, 61 car might experience the same problems of overheating as the 60 car? Uh, yes, we were a little bit worried, but uh, no. Pandemonium here in Victory Lane, and Davy Jones, of course, receiving his accolades of victory. Jan Lommers also in here, and Andy Wallace, a winner of the 24-hour Le Mans, standing by. It'll be momentarily we'll get back with the other two winners. Of Alex, course, there are four different classes of winners here at the Daytona International Speedway in IMSA Campbell GT Racing. There will also be three other victory lane presentations. We'll get down there for those in just a minute. Can you hear how tired Davy Jones sounds? Doesn't he, though? He's a, he's a very energetic young man normally. Very difficult for the drivers with the level of enthusiasm and adrenaline to get any kind of useful sleep in an event such as this. Most all the teams run stints of one gas stop. Every time they fuel, which for the prototype cars may be as little as 50 minutes, and for the lights, uh, maybe as much as an hour and 45 minutes, they get better fuel mileage. They'll change drivers. Sometimes they'll run a double shift. Wasn't until the late 1970s when Tony Hesemans and Rolf Stommelen won this event, actually in 1980, uh, that the practice of stopping and changing drivers every hour was adopted and get a little little fresh face, little fresh energy into the car at each pit stop. Uh, and that is pretty much the norm now. But even so, you hear how tired these drivers are and interview the crews. They're probably probably ready for the motel right now. Absolutely. Mike, so, go ahead. We caught up with the, the light winner, number 36 machine, Michael Greenfield. They say you're the man that did the job for him. Is a comeback of sorts. Well, I'm not the only man who did the job. There's a bunch. <coughs> there, there was a bunch of us who, who took care of the whole project here. You know, John Groom, Frank, and my dad. We were all part of it. And all the guys, Bernie, Mike, uh, Bob. You know, everybody takes total participation and just determination to get the job done. Okay, we'll step over and talk to Peter Greenfield. Good job. Thank you. Didn't have much to do with it though. I was just there for moral support, I guess. In case somebody got sick or something like that, really. This car came from behind to win this thing this time. Yes, it did. The boys did a great job. Michael uh, was you know, really, really, really good at it. And the guy that uh, drove across the checker flag, Frank yeah. Delanick, any close moments out there for you today? None. <laughs> Zero. Oh, yeah, there was a pelican in the middle of the road. And I, we thought one of the guys wanted fried chicken, so I almost hit it. <laughs> How about the uh, heat factor? Nothing. Nothing. No problem. Okay, that's, that's the Camel Light winner. Back over Frank in Victory Jellinick. Lane again with the president of Sunbank, Jim Sproul. Jim, what a race you had here this afternoon. Exciting race. We're just so happy to be a part of it and a great job the Jaguar did. Second time in history that their team has won and it's just been a fantastic time. What wonderful weather we had this weekend. Jan Lammers receiving the accolades of victory. Congratulations, Jan. Thank you. Uh, it wouldn't be possible without our uh, fantastic pit crew, of course. Uh, they did a really fantastic job. Every pit stop was perfect. And even if they run into a problem, they, they just improvised so good. It was really impressive. And both Andy and Davey, I mean, they were just on the pace all the time. 
fit and uh, really reliable. Fantastic. Let's talk with Andy Wallace real quick. Like Andy, uh, you probably had some anxious moments with this car during the uh, night. Any problems at all? Oh, there were a few, but the Castro Jaguar team are so good. Uh, they keep us in touch with what's going on. They did a fantastic job, and they smooth out all the problems. Congratulations to our three victories here in Victory Lane from the Jaguar team, Jan Lammers, Andy Wallace, and, of course, Davy Jones. We'll continue our wrap-up of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona in just a minute. The celebration continues in Daytona's Victory Lane. We'll go back for more of the festivities in just a minute. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Back at the Daytona International Speedway, Victory Lane celebrations continuing at the conclusion of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona. There are also some celebrations happening elsewhere around the country. In conjunction with a couple of DNFs, uh, did not finishes here at the event. Howard Katz, uh, Jim Downing's former co-driver, uh, had to leave here yesterday. His wife, Patricia, expected to deliver uh, their child uh, sometime this weekend. He's back in New York, and MRN's Eli Gold uh, is back in Birmingham with wife Claudette uh, awaiting the blessed event, which should happen sometime today. Eli will be back later in the week for MRN, the balance of MRN Speed Week coverage. Let's go to Victory Lane with Jim Phillips. And we have the GTO winner by 17 laps, which is a pretty good margin of victory. Robbie Gordon. They said you were driving flat out even though it was at the end and you had a big lead. Well, um, we drove conservative all night long and all morning long. The only time we started driving flat out was after we knew we had the win. So um, it was about, what, 258. We figured we can go ahead and run hard. And, you know, Calvin Fish and Lynn St. James and the Whistler Mustang just ran great all day long. Okay, Lynn St. James. There was a lot of talk about the heat during this race, all during the days and the night. Did it affect you at all? Well, it didn't affect me because I really was a relief driver and, and I got a pretty decent uh, night's sleep and all that. So, but I, I think it affected the whole race. Um, that, that was why we had a lot of crashes. That's why we had a lot of uh, mechanical problems. Not we as a team, but I mean the race itself. And some drivers got used up. You know, I think it was a factor. It was a beautiful race weekend and, and a beautiful day for racing, but pretty tough on cars and pretty tough on uh, drivers. You visit Victory Lane again. Yeah, I love it here. Um, this might be the beginning of a, of a good year for me. I hope so. But it's, it's Daytona's always been a very favorite place for me. And uh, to be a part of a Roush success here and a, a victory, uh, I'm just real, really privileged and lucky to be here. That's Lynn St. James. Let's move over to Calvin Fish. Calvin, it was uh, really, when you look at it on paper, it was easy, but it wasn't that easy. It certainly wasn't. I mean, around 4 o'clock this morning, I got out of the car and I was literally exhausted. And... Um, Lynn came in and did a relief stint for us both, and uh, that really helped. And uh, I mean, this uh, Lincoln Mercury Cougar just ran flawlessly all throughout the 24 hours. And uh, I'd just like to thank Roush and the organization for just doing a super job. I mean, they've been through everything before, and they, they're well prepared, and they know what to expect. And uh, Robbie did an excellent job for his first road race, and uh, Lynn backed us up tremendously. So it's just nice to be here in Victory Circle. Any close calls out there? Well, there's numerous, but uh, nothing, I mean, we didn't damage any body work, and uh, it's come through 24 hours like that. I mean, that's what puts you in victory circle, and uh, we're just pl pleased to be here. That's Calvin Fish, one of the winning team. The Jack Rouse Racing Team wins again here at Daytona in the Sunbank 24. Let's mention the finish driver, Robert Lafalainen, is also part of that team. Uh, he drove a Roush a JPS BASF-sponsored car in the Trans Am to a top-five finish in that series last year, and he shares the winning ride in GTO as well. 
The fourth of the classes of racing here in the Sunbank 24 is the GTU cars. Those cars with engines under three liters with their winners, Bill Hennessy. Well, the GTU winner is Pete Urea. Pete, congratulations on your victory. Well, thank you very much. I'm very proud of my team. Uh, this team gelled together in less than three weeks. And I want to thank Team Highball and Amos Johnson for providing me this car to, to win. Thank you. Top three cars. This guy's always been in the top three with his little Porsche 911, and he came into victory with the RX-7 here. The Amish Johnson had driven to victory so many times. One of the co-drivers, Bob Dotson. Bob, you feel real good about this, don't you? Yeah, it's great. It's my first endurance race. I've been doing open-wheel racing for a few years, and uh, first time in an endurance deal, and it kind of worked out pretty good. I think I'll do a few more of these. In fact, we're going to do uh, Sebring in the same car, and we're going to win again. Feel confident in this car coming into this race since it had won so many times? Yeah, we, uh, we took in account the uh, car and Amos, and it was prepped by Amos, and of course, uh, four-time winner, now five-time. We felt real good, and now we feel even better. Another one of the guys uh, driving the car, Rusty Scott. Rusty, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I had a great run this weekend. The team came together, and uh, we just put it all together and won the thing. Jim Pace out of the Saab Barber Pro Series. Uh, he had a great run here this weekend, picking up victory. Yeah, everything went real well. We set out a nice even pace and just clicked off lap after lap, and the car stayed running. Yeah, it was a great car, and we made it to the end, and here we are. I don't know how many times, Mike, this car has won GTU, but Amos Johnson told me earlier, you bring it to Daytona and push the button, and it goes to the finish line. It's kind of like a horse that knows where the barn is, Bill. Uh, that car has had tremendous success in GTU. Mazda, by the way, this is now their ninth straight victory in GTU in their 10th overall, 10th in 12 years, nine in a row for Mazda in GTU. Two of those drivers, Bob Dotson and Jim Pace, graduates of IMSA's only open wheel racing series, the Barber Saab Pro Series. Dotson's also a Skip Barber Racing School instructor uh, when he's not behind the wheel. Be a nice trophy to add to his shelf. And Alan, that's uh, one of the neat things to see a group of drivers that don't have a lot of national recognition come to the forefront and win an event like this, such as the GTU team, mostly amateur racers and unheralded. But I think uh, perhaps the race of the weekend was in camel lights. Uh, Scott Schubot, the defending champion, expected to be strong, jumped out quickly, had a good lead. The Huffaker racing team, the Fuji car, uh, was very strong. Tom Hessert, the race's defending winner, did a three-and-a-half-hour drive to bring his team from sixth to first after they puked an engine this morning in practice, almost didn't even get to start this race, and then it was all over. It was the old Mazda Argo uh, for the Erie Scientific team, Frank Jelinek from New Hampshire, John Grooms from Maine, and Long Islanders Michael and Peter Greenfield who won. So that was probably the most hotly contested battle of the whole 24 hours. I think it was interesting also that if you took the number of cars that started in each division and then the number of cars that finished in each division, to my quick look, there seemed to be more Camel Lights cars running at the end of the event that made the entire 24-hour grind than perhaps a, a proportion from any of the other four divisions uh, competing here at Daytona this weekend. Again, the Jaguars are in victory lane. The overall winner of the Sunbank 24 at Daytona will be back with the final finishing order for you in just a minute. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. The Sunbank 24 at Daytona is finished for 1990. Twice around the clock from yesterday afternoon at 3.30 through this afternoon. The Jaguars make it a 1-2 sweep. Let's go back to victory lane. Here's Bill Hennessy. Tom Walkinshaw is talking with his drivers right now. Got to be happy. A 1-2 finish here in the 1990 Sunbank 24. Yeah, we're obviously we're delighted. Uh, the result was as, well, as good as the result as you could hope for. 
uh, and I believe it's the first time since 1968 that uh, any any team has managed to do that. So, you know, we knew our, our Jaguar uh, cars were very strong. We knew it was going to be a hard race, and uh, obviously we're very happy we won. You obviously have a game plan for the 1990 season. You came in here with two cars you felt would go the 24 hours. Now the IMSA championship is at stake. 15 more, ra 15 total races make up the season. What are you going to do? What are your plans? Well, uh, we were racing the V12 car here, and we'll also race it at Sebring. Uh, and all the other races will run the, the V6 Twin Turbo. Uh, so we start running that car at Miami in three weeks' time. Our congratulations to you and your entire team. Thank you very much. What a great way to start the season. Just as in NASCAR, the Daytona 500 is the Super Bowl of stock car racing, and that kicks off the season. So, too, in IMSA, 15 events all around the country. They head next for Miami in two weeks' time, then to Sebring, Florida, then around the country in this great uh, endurance and sprint racing series for the prototype cars. The GTO and GTU cars will split off into their own headline series at many of these same racetracks. Let's run you back through the finishing order now. The winner, the Jaguar team, as we said, with a 1-2 sweep. The 61 Jaguar, Davey Jones, Jan Lammers, and Martin Brundle sharing the chores in that, coming out on top in the Sunbank 24. The second Jaguar shared by Price Cobb, John Nielsen, and Martin Brundle. Third place went the Porsche, the original pole sitter of the event, the Bayside Racing Haviland Porsche, Bruce Levin, Dominic Dobson, Sarl Vandermerva, and Bob Wallach sharing that automobile. Fourth place over the afternoon, the Alugard Porsche, Rene Herzog, Hans Stuck, Hurley Haywood, and Harold Crowes sharing that automobile. And the fifth place finisher overall was the GTO winner. That was the Roush Racing Mercury Capri, shared by Robbie Gordon, Calvin Fish, Robert Lapalainen, and Lynn St. James. Six through ten, six the wins, Porsche 962, seventh and second in GTO, Jim Downing's RX-7 uh, with Pete Halsmer, eighth, the Dorsey Schrader, uh, led team, though not running. That's the second Jack Roush car. Ninth, the Camel Lights winner, Frank Jelinek, John Grooms, Michael and Peter Greenfield. And tenth, the Mercury Capri, Jager Schneider and Stevens. That's an O-class car. And the top finishes in class, second in L, the Pontiac Spice, David Roja and team. Third in Camel Lights. And a lot of points on the board for defending champ Scott Schubot with Linda Ludeman and Lopez. In GTU, we talked to Urea Dotson Pace and Scott in that ex Jim Downing car, that's a Mazda. Second in class, the Rusty Job Porsche 911. And third in class, another uh, well driven Mazda RX 7 for many years here, the number 82 car, the lead driver, Dick Greer. Mike, some final thoughts on the Sunbank 24. It's been quite a weekend. It has, and Alan, uh, though many people thought the race was decided by 1 o'clock in the morning, and it was as the Nissan Challenge and Toyota Challenge to Jaguar faded, and the Porsches, one by one, fell by the wayside or crashed in Derek Bell's case. Uh, but, the, of course, the Haviland car hanging in and nearly nipping the Jags for second place at the finish. You go home from a sprint race uh, or from one of these short one- or two-hour races or from an NASCAR event, there's one winner. 39 other guys go home disgusted. Not the case here at the Sunbank 24. 22 of the 55 starters finished the event, and in such an endurance test, to finish is in a sense of victory. But of course, this event, just the beginning of Speed Week activities here at the Daytona International Speedway. Next Wednesday and Thursday, the Winston Cup and ARCA cars begin to roll in here. One week from yesterday, this coming Saturday, will be Bush Pole qualifying for the Daytona 500, starting at 2 in the afternoon here at Daytona. One week from today, the Bush Clash and the ARCA 200, the first on-track action for the Winston Cup cars in the 1990 season. MRN Radio will be on the air both Saturday and Sunday of next weekend. We hope you can join us for our coverage. We'd like to thank Rick Benjamin, Joe Moore, Ralph Shaheen, Fred Armstrong, 
uh, Jim Phillips and Bill Hennessy for their assistance in our opening and closing hour coverage, as well as Bill Bauza, IMSA's series announcer, and Mike Joy for sitting in with us this afternoon. And again, our congratulations to the Jaguars sweeping the first two spots in the Sunbank 24 at Daytona, their second win in this event in the last three years. Again, Speed Week action continues here at the Daytona International Speedway beginning next Saturday with Bush Pole qualifying. MRN Radio on the air at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. For Mike Joy, I'm Alan Bestwick. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.